All right, and we are live. Welcome to the Iron Lords Podcast, episode number 79. And it's another glorious Sunday, and we are back at the round table on the Lord's Day. I'm extremely excited about our special guest, so we're going to get right into it. I want to introduce a Lord who, in my opinion, is the epitome of a true gamer and whom I had the absolute pleasure of meeting in the flesh at E3 2018. This Lord is not only one of the most technically proficient content creators in the game, but his wealth of gaming knowledge is truly a sight to behold. Whether it be his technical analysis of current gen platforms or his retro series, all done with nostalgic feels and outstanding video production. Introducing the premier tech tester and video producer for Digital Foundry, the writer for Eurogamer, Lord of Gaming Benchmarks, and Human Fraps in the Flesh, <laughs> making his debut into the realm of the Lords, my man, Lord John Linneman. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm not sure I can live up to that. Uh, excellent uh, introduction, though. <laughs> I told you, man, we're going to roll out the red cover for you in the realm. Absolute pleasure to have you. You are oh, lord man. at what you do, so it's only right we show you the proper respect here at the round table. Oh, man, I appreciate it. It's, it's so nice of you guys. It's, it's great to be here, so thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure to have you, man. We are going to have some fun. All right. <laughs> All right. And of course, you know, we have the four horsemen of gaming, those usual suspects at the round table. My co-host with the co-most, my brother from another mother, the difficult game conqueror and the how of the young wolf. My man, Lord Addict, how you doing, sir? Doing pretty good. Uh, was going to actually play other games this week until I found out the raid on Destiny was like 30 light levels higher than it was supposed to be. So now guess what I've been doing for the past three days? Grinding up. Wait, wait, wait. did you say what it was supposed to be? <laughs> I think it was like right? 550 or yeah. what was it? No, I yeah, thought it was what he wanted it to be. Yeah, it was. I didn't think that I didn't think the final encounter would be in the eighties. Yeah, it was. It was a rough go for the lords. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> starting that raid, <laughs> man, the raids are tough, man. They, they, they affect friendships, but we we survived. We got through it. Anything else you've been playing in, in reference to uh, besides Destiny? No. Okay, so it's been hardcore. You getting that grind? What's the light level looking like? Uh, it just hit the forties. Mm, nice. He's getting ready. First encounter, baby. Let's do it. And of course, we have our most technical gaming lord, the solo gamer who lives for the single player selfish experience, and also the Sostradamus, Mr. Offline Profile Illuminati, and Lord Patreon of the Iron Bank, my man, Lord Sovereign. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic today. You know, a little getting over some inebriation from last <laughs> night, but I'm good. <laughs> you know, voice sounding a little sexy, a little, cra a little crackly. <laughs> but, you know. Last night's uh, debauchery at the boxing fights. I'm so sad that I got there <laughs> so late. You missed you, bro. We were like, yeah, hey, it's a, it a good spot. You really picked a good spot. We like that spot. Yeah, it was good. It wasn't packed. It was how I set it up and missed it. <laughs> nah, listen, we know it was out of your control. Yeah, we yeah. know you would have been playing. Yeah, yeah, I have been. So I finally finished Spider Man. Um, I nice. kind of messed up on the platinum. Ooh. I'm gonna have to. Uh, oh, I'm gonna have to wait it. a little bit. Well, the you... thing is, I, I used some Taskmaster tokens 
on things instead of my, uh, my unlocking my suits. Mm-hmm. So the high taskmaster, um, like the third level taskmaster stuff is kind of like you, you need some really high scores. Mm-hmm. So I got to get back in there and grind that stuff out to get the platinum. But finally finished oh. that. <laughs> Congratulations, sir. Platinum chasers and trophy chasers are a completely different kind, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I'm, so, I'm not about, I'm not about chasing the bags that he left on the <laughs> on the rooftop <laughs> eight years ago. Bags, uh, you're, so you're not about enjoying what's best about Spider-Man. The moment, the moment, oh yeah, that's that's the best thing about Spider-Man. <laughs> you have to swing to get there. That's the part of the, That's the wow. That's the Spider-Man. Listen, you know the best thing about Spider-Man is I, I watched the video. Still. The sales is the best thing about Spider-Man. Shout out to the oh sales. <laughs> and anything else I saw you been playing besides that? Yeah, I started Tomb Raider and that game is just so pretty. I'm taking I'm like looking at every little corner, every little thing. Like I'm taking oh, yeah. forever with that game. Nah, that game is yeah. gorgeous. Oh, no, no, what are we running? We doing we doing the 4K stuff. We doing performance mode. What are we doing, Soft? What are we doing? I'm I'm running it at, I'm running it at 4K uh, um 30 frains per second. Well, all right. Yeah, Tim I'm said that. that too. Yeah. I'm I mean, surprised. I thought you was the 60 frames guy. I thought no, you was No, man. The thing is I was I'm a little he's, disappointed. He's I, I'm, oh my God. Shut up, <laughs> I'm a little disappointed that there's no enriched mode. I really like that enri- that middle ground enriched mode. That oh, yeah. The higher frame rate. Right. It gives you the higher frame rate and it gives you more of like the effects. Uh, so I decided to go with the 30 frames per second 40 because I just really wanted to see the game. <laughs> yeah, that, that enriched mode was like the that was a great feature in Rome. Yeah, was, yeah and I, I'm a little disappointed in the Forza demo for not having something kind of in really? the middle too. Like I, the first time I played 60 frames per they second, they took the fraud out, demo. man. They took the fraud no, out. Somebody fraud. playing it's middle ma- ground. They, 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 yeah, they said side red or blue, <laughs> either in or out. Stop <laughs> the fraud. Now let me wait. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask Lord, Lord, let me a question. Like that enriched mode. What was what were the uh, benchmarks on that? What was the uh, the, the the stats on that as far as what is running? Oh yeah. So on Xbox mm-hmm. One X, it was just like it ran in checkerboard uh, 4K. 4K. Gotcha. So oh. uh, checkerboard 4K is what the PS4 Pro version was doing, but not Ooh. in enriched mode. So mm. on the X, it was either you get native 4K or you get checkerboard 4K. And if you went with enriched, you just got a lot of the extra details that the PC version had going on, like the mm-hmm. tessellation turned up. Better texture filtering, you know, just more detail. I can see why Sav. Yeah, I can see why Sav wanted misses that mode. He's he wanted the fraud mode. Oh my god! I was in the fraud mode. Oh my god! I'm just saying. I'm just, just saying, so either pick know. 60 or pick 30. Well, <laughs> just so you know, Tomb Raider is not running at a locked 4K either. It's not. It, it, it's I know. Not, not Listen, I don't believe that these systems are. Close. You know. Uh, yeah, close, close. I, I believe so. So it's still close. kind of frauding. It's still frauding. <laughs> so that's pretty much no, it. No, no. I, I just, I just like messing with you with that word. That was it. That was it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Actually, the 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 switch has been collecting a little dust. Little dust. So okay. little past Thank two. God. Oh my God. We'll get to we'll get to these <laughs> later. Let's and let's, of, let's take the umbilical cord off. Oh <laughs> and of course we have the incredible Hulk of this, aka the excess gamer. 
Ooh. Oh my God, that was late. Oh, that was late. <laughs> 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 I you know what? I wanted to tell you that it was a lag between your voice, so I oh, did okay, my okay. ooh right, right as you finished. He was too busy worrying about me. That's why. That's what. It was. <laughs> yeah, the my Lord mic of is wrong. Sports, who is a man of his convictions, demands nothing less than that premium experience, and is the leader of the fraud alert movement. <laughs> Beloved, Lord <laughs> K, how you doing, sir? Yeah, I didn't even give you that ooh there. Yeah, oh. you know <laughs> what is going on? Uh, let me give a shout out to uh, Tim Dog uh, and everybody else. I wish you'd have made it yesterday, brother. Um, stand things be out of people control. Uh, the Lords got together yesterday uh, for a lot of drink and watching the fight. Uh, Kyle Hawk, uh, uh, the results will be up uh, later on today because we know we're early, so this will be the time I'm doing combat talk. It's not gonna happen, it'll happen after this. Um, would you be rocking? Oh, fraud. Oh, fraud, my uh, bad. Well, Continue. I, I, let me tell you why I've been frauding. I have been frauding. I'm a fraud. My Spider Man is still in the wrapper. I've purchased, <laughs> I purchased it out of spite. I, I purchased it out of spite, uh, to spite Lord Attic. Um, <laughs> to make sure that my numbers were counted, I would have brought it you twice. Went to the store could. bought the whole truck. <laughs> I wish, I wish I could push those numbers. There is a bet between uh, Lord Attic and Lord King as far as God of War versus uh, Spider Man first month sale. So that's the inside behind oh. this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, continue, Lord King. And and I'm in the Spider Man camp, but um, I want to give a, a shout out to all the frauds that thought they was gonna actually jump in the raid and be at day one winning um <laughs> my team stood back they went aside they looked they stood back they said no we're gonna get our light level up shout out to the frauds that actually thought we're gonna make this happen this was gonna be what it is hey, don't Monday. go at us that hard don't go at, we, we, us. Had hope. Actually, we had hope there apparently there's people that's doing the first part couple parts of that sectors in the the mid 30 30s yeah, no no it's people that are actually getting the mechanics down it's just a mechanics thing and you can actually do damage but but it ramps up severely right after mm -hmm. that, which I knew, and I don't deal out. People get into the ogre, like I'm thing. out. It's <laughs> mm, not gonna happen. But I, I do give a shout out to frauds who actually thought they was gonna try, and uh, I say I'm welcoming you back this week to grind again. Shout out, and I'm not gonna give yeah, out any uh, names. You know mm -hmm. who you are. Okay. The person, uh, the the team who beat the raid, they were in the, almost in the sixties, like fifty nine. Yeah, they were like five sixty. Yeah. Shout out to those guys. That was funny. <laughs> Good, Attic. I'm sorry. I said one of them was five sixty six. Really? Oh wow! Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that. Yeah, man. And, Seventeen um, hours too. Yes, seventeen hours. That stream went long, man. Yeah, it was. You could tell they were salute, that, salute and, clan redeem. I believe those are the guys that did. And and, and I hours, Jesus. And yeah. I gotta like give a yeah, shout out nothing. to 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 that glad dude. Or I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, glad. Like mm -hmm. I ain't never seen someone like his channel was literally blowing up in the middle of his stream, and he just didn't know what to say about yeah, it. He like, got he, really emotional. You could tell like the toll of it. I believe was it was losing. down him and Dado. Dado was still going. He went twenty four hours. He still completed, even though uh, Clan redeemed. He was third. Yeah. Oh, you third? Okay, got you. Uh, you know who was second? I have no clue. It was probably that team that was with the uh, that was on the same level as that other team because there was two people at the very end, mm -hmm. and the funny part is like 
no one expected that raid to go past the final ball. Yeah, like, they broke no almost one. all records. It was tremendous raid. Salute Bungie, fantastic. If you haven't see, seen a raid or experienced it, it's one of the best cooperative experiences in gaming. Shout out to those guys that grinded it on day one at those light levels. I don't know how they yeah, did the, it. <laughs> the, the funny thing is he was like, after his channel was blown up with subscriptions and stuff, he was like, I only beat a raid. What was all I did? Yeah, <laughs> salute him, man. He was, he was really So what really do you guys think of the raid in terms of like comparing it to other ones? Um, it's early, but it, I'll put it like this. Me and Attic had this discussion offline. It's already in contention for, I mean, cause right now, just Destiny, what I've seen, I think it's very long. Yeah, th- put it this way. Destiny fans right now hold Vault of Glass and Taken King. Those were the probably consensus favorites as mm-hmm. the top raids ever in Destiny. And already we think it surpassed Taken King just based on the bosses, the scope, the length, the difficulty mm-hmm. and narrative. They have a narrative that's cohesive through the raid which has wow. never been done before. Mm-hmm. It's really good. So it just comes, I think we just got to do a couple more clears, you know what I'm saying? To get the rest of the community up to speed. It's only about 1% of the community has completed it. <laughs> so, you know, until more people get in, then I think, it'll, um, you know, we'll start to- I think right now there's only so, eight people who's beat it, 18. Yeah, so, Whoa. I mean, but from what we've seen, <laughs> man, it looks fantastic. It, it really, really does. Okay. They, they may have outdone themselves with this one, so. All right, and of course- well, we I have, think we'll be ready, Buffering. Yeah, we'll be ready. Yeah. And of course, we have the gaming ninja himself, the Shinobi, Lord Cognito, spreading that realness in the realm of the ILP, not telling you what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. So for me, which is really simple, like I said, Destiny 2 as well. I got NBA 2K19 on the Switch. It is fantastic, feature rich. Shout out to my man Hardhead. He was very worried about our 2K18. There were a couple of features that were missing. I believe the uh, face scan with the app. And also three on three mode, full online features. I mean, they 2K really pulled out the stock. Can I ask you a question, Lord Cognito? Oh, when it here we go. With this game. <laughs> if you don't keep your subscription, do you lose all your VC money? <laughs> Are you oh, referencing oh. the Nintendo online service? Yes, yes, I am. Yes, I am. I hear the defense that you're going to put up to block that one. <laughs> Well, it was. It has been determined that uh, Nintendo is not doing cloud saves for 2K19. However, everything on 2K19 is server-based on their own servers, so you have to even be online to do a lot of simple things. So luckily in this case, if something happened to my data, it's responsibility of 2K. <laughs> oh, okay. I you say luckily. I, I, would, I would hate to hear that you spend so much money on VC, oh, and you know you quit in a month, and they penalize you by wiping your VC away. I mean, come on now. Hey, I bet you. I bet you. I bet you. you, 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 you I bet you. If you ever got their subscription again, you ain't never gonna miss out that payment again. Yeah, that that is yeah. correct. That is like joining the mob. Blood in, blood out. <laughs> and of course, for me also, it was I picked up. Shout out to the uh, the messenger, those guys over there, Devolve Digital. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, man. I'm a huge Ninja Game fan, so it's like just to play. It it really has that eight bit vibe of Ninja Gate and NES, and you know you got your platforming and your skills, and the game is low key funny. Like even if you go to like um item shops, there's like a mysterious item shop, and like. Like the game allows you to question the shop manager. Like, okay, so why am I here? What am I doing? He's like, dude, the game just started. It's too early to be asking these questions. Just keep. <laughs> it's hilarious. It breaks the third wall. It's funny. Like the game is hilarious. It's just 
vintage 8-bit retro. If you love ninja gaming and all those type of side-scrolling games where skills get acquired, you are going to love this game. Shout out to those guys over there. Fantastic game. So that's pretty that's much what we played when we was in PAX, right? Yes, PAX East, man. Shout out to, I forget his name, um, Thierry. Thierry from, um, who sat down, one of yes. the devs over there to create it. Fantastic guy. Just to see the game finally come out. Man, it, yeah, they, they treated us well, okay. King. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So, uh, so now that we got into what the Lords are playing, I want to start off with uh, Lord Lennon. So his uh, video game system history, his journey is a writer for Eurogamer and video producer for Digital Foundry. And of course, what led him to become the creator and Lord of all things retro. So Lord John, let's start from the very beginning. What are some of the first video game systems you had and what got you into gaming? Oh, man, that goes back a long way. But I think the first actual console I had was the Atari 2600. 26 always does. It's a good spot, man. And then from there, I got the Game Boy. Ooh, you went straight to Portable. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually had to save up my own money to get that one. Nice. (laughs) Started early, man. Nice. I I started off with Mega Man. Mega Man on the Game Boy. Yeah. That's it's a good, good it's a good card. Yeah, I like that yeah. back in the day. So yeah, it started like way back then, and you know, got some of the other systems from there, and then I moved on to the PC for a while. Okay, okay. So I think like ninety four, I got a four eighty six PC. Nice. A lot of PC games, and then upgraded again three years later to like mm-hmm. uh, an AMD K six. Yes. <laughs> started dabbling <laughs> in some three D cards, and you know, okay. just went from there, you know. Started pretty early dabbling in the PC. What 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 made that a uh, transition for you to go from console to PC? Kind of fairly uh, early. Oh yeah, it was early. I've, I think it was actually like Doom, Doom mm. and Duke Nukem 3D. Like seeing that stuff on the way. Like Duke yeah. was like ninety five or ninety. It was ninety six. But mm-hmm. it was those first person shooters, man. Like seeing that stuff running. I played Doom in somebody's house, mm. and it was just like it was over at that point. It was old. I had to play it. <laughs> so so, did, yeah. you, did you look at the consoles at home like, oh, this is just not going to cut it? We're like, how, no, how I, I still I still love the console games. I love the platformers and such. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, just it was the, the PC really drew me in with, you know, first person shooters and then like LucasArts Adventures. Mm-hmm. So I was really big into yeah. art and like drawing back in the day. I did a lot of cartoon stuff. So oh, nice. like, you know, playing stuff like Day of the Tentacles, Sam and Max. Okay. Uh, I love that stuff. It was nice. Oh, this resume is nice. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sir. Okay. So from there, I mean, you know, it was lots and lots of PC. I, once we got to my second PC, I started really getting into building my own, I guess you could say. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, upgrading cards, you know, nice. computer shows, which is like about the nerdiest thing you could do. <laughs> I love the tech background, fellow tech. I can relate. I can relate. <laughs> you know, it's like I was getting into. I got like a Power VR card first. Wow, um, Power VR. Remember that? Yes. Yeah, it man. Back. It was it specifically back. the Matrox M3D, which was like a Matrox branded Power VR card, and I, you know, mm, played some nice. original Unreal with that first. Unreal then, was huge. Continue. Yeah, dude, it was awesome at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, those games, man. That was that was like my formative years. I mean, I got a PlayStation and Saturn in uh, 1998. Okay, so it was late to the okay. to that party, and I did enjoy. So it was kind of weird because you know the consoles were very Japanese focused. Yes, so I appreciated mm-hmm. like kind of the JRPGs and like Japanese games on that side. Mm-hmm. But then for the real tech, it was more on the PC. You know, absolutely. Half Life. You know, Sin. 
Oh, uh, yeah, those ruled at that time. Two. Whoa. <laughs> Shock two. Yeah. It's like it just goes, man. There's just all of that stuff happening. So I was at, really at that, that period of time. What yeah. I would do is I would get a 3D benchmark. Oh, and yeah. I will actually yeah, and sit there with my 3D benchmark and tell my friend, look how shiny that ball is. Look at the ball. And, and when I got the new graphics card, I will put the graphics card in and be like, do you see? The ball is even shinier, and it's spinning a whole lot better this time. Exactly. <laughs> so I totally get it. I totally did that stuff. I love those old tech demos and like the benchmarks, like 3D Mark, 3D Mark 99. Or yes, yeah. It was like 3D oh, Mark 2000. We had like that Matrix ripoff scene. <laughs> yeah, remember that? Yeah, that was the best scene. That was yes. the best one. They had the whole beginning scene. Yes, that, yes, man. That, that was great. That was awesome. So when you got back, you said that uh, you kind of picked up. You came late back into the party as far as consoles, as far as uh, PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what for Saturn drove drove you back in? Uh, so I was always a big Sega fan. Like, I mostly, you know, I played a lot of Super NES back in the day, but I was more into the Genesis. Uh, I played a lot of Sega games, and uh, you know, I love their arcade games, man. Like, the, so it was like '94, I guess, uh, that introduced me to the world of 60 frames per second. It was Daytona, USA. What? I saw that for the first time in an arcade. Like, you know, 60 frames per second was on consoles before, right? Because of the 2D, 2D side scrolling games. They're all 60, but for 3D, I'd never seen anything like that before. So I saw Daytona running in an arcade and I just like stood there looking at it, like, how the heck is this even possible? Like, this is unbelievable yep. looking. And that happened constantly. Like, I realized I was pretty lucky because an arcade near us just they kept getting in all the latest Sega games. Yeah, that was AM2 you know. back at that day, right? Was it AM2? Yeah, yeah, man, it was AM2, you know. Arcade. Yeah, they ruled it, man. Dude, yeah. like, I still think like Virtua Fighter 3 is like one of oh the, my God. the biggest Gorgeous. in technology ever yes. in the history of gaming. Like, the, the leap to what it Preach. was doing from, every, from everything else Preach. on the market. It was like night and day. It was like we were seeing yep. the future right there. Absolutely. King, man, we, you're taking me back, Lolan, because I remember going to you know those arcades with King. And, and like I said, we're Tekken fans. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, no, that's good. I like Tekken, too. Yeah, we're, but we, got, yeah. we have to give virtual fighters. I'm so glad you said that because I remember seeing VF3. Mm. And we just remember, soft. We were like, blue. We were like, and then once we saw the the Dreamcast version, that's when we just like fell over. Like that was like, okay, that, that's it. That's, over. They 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 had launched it with a trifecta. It was Scud Racer, mm-hmm. and yep. it Scud Racer, which never came to console ever. Mm-hmm. And oh, I know it's such a shame. I know. Day. Yeah, I wanted mm-hmm. that game so bad. Mm-hmm. And that uh, Virtual Fighters Three. When we saw Virtual Fighters Three that day. I'll never forget it. It was like it sent chills up my spine, and I said, "They won. They is back." It's like Lord Letterman said. The technological jump at that time, because I believe at that time they were even doing fabric and just the motion, and oh man, it was it was crazy. Like uh, they did like inverse kinematics. You guys know what that is? Break it down for me, Lord. Essentially, we're (laughs) to to put it simply, it's how they were able to calculate. The way legs intersect the geometry. So, like, you notice the, the terrain. Yes, with the steps. They were like, there's yes. steps. There's like, there's oh, like yeah. uh, piles of dirt. There's like a slanted yes. roof. Like, Correct. all these different things. And they had this thing where they could calculate how the character should be standing on different mm-hmm. surfaces, yes. right? And I think that's the first game I ever saw that 
in action where it really looked like the characters were placing their feet properly yes. around. Yes. That was insane at right. the time. Absolutely. Yeah. I completely remember that. It's so funny. It, it was those very small, like kind of those details. But again, prior to that, that had not really been done. And um, oh. you, yeah, so you're, you're absolutely right. Okay, yeah, that, that's a big one, man. And then you also said PlayStation got you to come back into the era. So what were well, some of those PlayStation games? That so actually, it's not even... So what happened was I was really into PC, okay. and then I start seeing the Dreamcast announcements. Oh, there it is. It just, <laughs> it is. For, for whatever, it was just like, oh, shit, I love Sega. I love console games. And yep, yeah. So the first thing I did is I went and got a Saturn. Mm -hmm. And I... I mm. Playing that, I was collecting games for the Saturn. Mm -hmm. And thank goodness for that, because I came in late in the Saturn, so I got a lot of games for like real cheap nice. that are now worth a lot of money. A lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you have the upgraded RAM card for the back? Because uh, oh, so you no. can play those um, arcade perfect Capcom games. No, I didn't. I don't have any of the RAM card games. Actually, I really want to get a uh, Street Fighter Zero Three. Oh, uh, man, yeah. the price—the price on that. I wasn't so much into the imports yet. I have my import library is huge now. I have like 250 Saturn games, mm -hmm. uh, but oh. uh, just just from Japan. Wow. But I was collecting just American games back then because that's what was local, right? Right, so, absolutely, yeah. right. But nice. along the way, I also basically inherited technically a PlayStation from a friend of mine who's <laughs> like. Because it stopped working, you had to turn it upside down to make it work. <laughs> well, I, uh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. No, I mean, we know. <laughs> yes, I did. I, so, I had to do it too. <laughs> so I figured out that you just uh, open the thing up and you can adjust the laser potentiometer. Okay. And, you know, it's not going to help your system live long, but you adjust that strength a little bit and it starts reading again. So I wow. kind of fixed oh, it. See, I wasn't that smart. Mine was so, so, just so, upside so, down. Let me what you tell me. You, you <laughs> no key finessed your friend that thought it didn't work. <laughs> but yeah, no, technically it didn't work. He just well, he, he bought a he bought a new one, man. He bought another one. He's like, and he's like, oh, you can have this other I'll, one. It still I'll works. Take it. It upside down. <laughs> and I, I, I want to know I, the first person who found the upside down trick. That, that's what yeah, I want right? to know because it creeped up into me. I didn't know, and I found You're out. Right. How the heck did we even know that? Like I knew about the trick too because I started doing that first, and it was like, all yes. right, it works. But then well, it, it's almost like those um those weird findings with fixes for consoles, like even with the NES. With like who thought of like okay, if you blow the cartridge, that had a it's chance. So it's so weird, like how these desperation, fixes, yeah, you know, desperation in the gaming nation yeah. forms us to do wild <laughs> things. <laughs> when I got all that info, where I got all that info was like going to like JNL Games and Penguin Village and talking mm -hmm. to the guys behind the counter because they're dealing with this stuff all the time. Oh yeah. Then, there's no internet, like so. We're discussing this stuff amongst ourselves, trying to figure it out. So that that was my source. Like we'd go over there and be like, "Man, this is not working. Do you have any anything going on?" Oh yeah, we've done this, that, and the other in the store. Mm -hmm. And then that that information just gets disseminated amongst yeah. people, amongst gamers. And that's how we figured all that stuff out. Like the, the uh, best information I got from Penguin Village and Elizabeth Street was mm -hmm. the paperclip mod. The paperclip yes. mod Remember with the, that? the eraser. Oh, yeah. with the eraser. <laughs> yes, there's so many weird things back in the day, man. <laughs> continue, I'm sorry, continue a little bit about the uh, yeah, PlayStation. I'll, so you, you, you I will say thing. this, though, that the uh, the Saturn I got back then still works perfectly. Haven't had to do anything to it. You hold on to that. Wow. That's worth a lot, man. Rock solid, man. This system, this Saturn's a great. Uh, it's yeah. a 
It's a good machine. That that old PlayStation I still have as well, and I don't use that one. I use a different one, but that one does actually still work. It just skips a lot on the videos, (laughs) so it's kind of usable, but not that well. But hey, it was basically a launch unit, so yeah, it was absolutely. Now um, from no, 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 you continue, you continue. No, man, I'm just saying, you know, so from there it was like playing Saturn and PlayStation, and I uh, got Metal Gear Solid. And, you know, it didn't look amazing compared to what was on the PC, but I'd never played anything before cinematic in that way. Yes. And I was completely just blown away by what they did with it. I couldn't even believe. But the whole time I'm playing, I kept thinking, man, this would look so good on Dreamcast. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking, I was always like telling my friends, like, dude, you think you think this is cool. Just wait till they do this on Dreamcast. And it's like, oh, (laughs) it didn't quite work out that way. And then you I, got yeah. Bleem. <laughs> Did you play it? Did you use the Bleem cast? I did mess with the Bleem cast, and that's uh, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, man, I mean, it looks sharper. That's it. Sure. It did. Nice. So for me, then Dreamcast hype. I was, you know, I was still playing PC in some of those consoles, but I was really excited for Dreamcast. Yeah, uh, you know, leading up to launch, I was going to stores and playing at the demo kiosks whenever I could. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wanted to import it, but it was hundreds of dollars at the time to do that. You know, you'd be looking at spending a grand. It's just, oh, get- yeah. So, yeah, I couldn't do that back then. No way. <laughs> Long King was. <laughs> he was uh, input. Uh, Did you do that? Important. Yes. Yeah, listen. Every system that you, lucky you, that you will mention, <laughs> I imported every system. I had a super graphics. Yes. Dude, that's how crazy I was. I um, bow down to remember you. Remember the man. PC. <laughs> <laughs> remember PC Engine. I forgot the name of it, but it was it was like a piece hour, and it was you know because you know, PC PCFX. Engine out there was yeah, PCFX. Yeah. I purchased the PCFX. And it only had like six games. Um, and I probably taught myself Japanese, to be honest with you, during that whole period of t- to play certain games. Dude, but yes. That I'm is that, that is so freaking awesome, man. <laughs> I'm a little jealous that you got to experience all that back then. Yeah, man. We, we were big, we were big on that because um we were lucky at coming, you know, from New York. We had a lot of local import places that we would go oh. to and um yeah they would have literally like you know the playstation or these systems a year before american release Dude, and the only thing yeah. we had to learn was figure out like some type of a, a translator and right. then get used to either the x and the circle button being reversed from a confirm and backup <laughs> input yep. thing on the controller but um once you got past that it was it was the same so it was like we, we just couldn't wait we needed to see what the new tech was going to be before it came to the stage that is amazing <laughs> Yeah, and I, I was a junkie that couldn't stop. Yeah, I had to just keep going. You still have, you still have your super graphics? No, actually, I don't. Sadly, um, I I wanted to do this the museum thing because, like, you have a Saturn. I still have my Saturn. Nice. I have purchased me a Dreamcast um, off of eBay. Uh, I purchased an original GameCube, the Panasonic one. I love oh, that the, one, the metal the one. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's uh, um, so I, I I try to go back and get these systems back, but at that time you, you're younger, so uh, when a new system comes out, I go right down to. Um, 
the 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 little shops, mama pop shops, and sell mm-hmm. my old systems to get the new ones. To get the so new I ones, yeah. They would give you trading deals, yeah. Yeah, no, I get yeah. you, man. Yeah, I traded in some stuff as well back in the mm-hmm. day to get like new video cards. Yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah man. And again, King was the man because like we even we got to experience like Neo Geo because of him. Oh, oh man, big oh. cartridges, but they were arcade perfect, and you know what I'm saying. Then we had like the, the, the I remember seeing the, the TurboGrafx 16 CD first because of him and that yeah. was like an arcade Dude. perfect fighting street remember yeah. fighting street the first fighting. one before with street yeah. fighter it was a it was fighting street on turbo Graph and the cd i just to hear the audio of it was many like you but there's all over the world i traded so See? much stuff in that, that i i regret so much now like i i let's not talk yeah. about how many sealed copies of panda dragon saga i had in my possession oh <laughs> no the pain <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't. It's painful to think about. It's really bad, dude. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but no, that no. that was our. That's that's the life. The you know the life was you had to trade up to get higher. Like yep. so, you know. Um, I I found an outlet that was uh, selling Neo Geo games launch. Like when it came out in arcade, they also came out there. So the games was two two hundred fifty dollars, and just the cartridge <laughs> and you would be able to trade in your old cartridge and they'll give you a hundred dollars but the sad part is okay i get a hundred dollars i paid 250 i lost 150 dollars but then i would see that same cartridge selling for 225 in his store and i just look at him like this guy is robbing me <laughs> i'm his only outlet <laughs> oh, man. Wait, wait, so you, you pick the you're anticipating the Dreamcast. You're you're, you're really hyped. Now did you pick it up on launch or did you get it later? Oh yeah, with- definitely. La- I got it on U.S. launch, of course. Uh, picked it up with Sonic, Soul Calibur, and Blue Stinger. Woo! <laughs> yes, Blue Stinger. <laughs> yes, Blue Stinger. And those those were good, dude. And then uh, so yeah, man. That I played Soul Calibur first when I picked up the system, and just mind blowing at the time. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. amazing. Absolutely, remember that launch lineup, Lord, Lord Littleman? Like, dude, it was, it was great. Strong man, that Soul Caliber arcade perfect. I mean, oh, they had so two K series, so many good games, dude, man. Dude, yeah, the two K series was a huge thing. Like NFL two yeah. K looked unbelievable at the time. Ready, yeah. ready rumble. to rumble. Yeah, ready to rumble. That was yes. so fun. <laughs> yes, no. they had a. Uh, Oh, hydro like, Ar- Thunder. Hi- yeah, I was just gonna say that I- arcade perfect Hydro Thunder. Yes. Yep. Absolutely, man. Look, that, man, it, I think that mm-hmm. was probably in console history one of the best launches as far as content for games oh, yeah. that we have had. Like it's, the triple A yeah. across the board was insane. Insane. And it's yep. funny, it'd be funny you said that, King, because I had a conversation. Shout out to Lord Sting and the NLG guys. And he had to remind me. He OG checked me because he he's been around for me. And he was, I was sitting there because, you know, obviously I'm very excited about the Switch. And I'm just like, man, this launch is so bullish. You know what, for Zelda, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, could this yeah. be like the greatest launch? You know what I'm saying? As far as like the software titles available right. around. And yeah. he said, Lord Cognito, don't, be, don't let me remind you of the Dreamcast launch. And then I sat <laughs> and I looked through it and I'm like, yeah, he's right, man. <laughs> like yeah. it was so strong. That launch, launch, launch line was so strong. Did we so have strong. Cole Veronica launch? No, no that, that was like March, I think. Yeah, and then, I don't oh, think. Okay. Yeah, and Shimon was but later was also. Close. Yeah, but they still were yeah. very strong out the box, and they pretty had they pretty had every genre locked down too. Wait, did you say the Nintendo Switch had a good launch? Yes, it was impressive. <laughs> 
<laughs> it had Zelda. Oh my god. Yeah. Addicts World. He thinks Zelda was the only thing that what launched that. What other game? I'm not even going to get into this. What right other now. game? Moving along. <laughs> what other game? I've already been down this road, Lord. We're not going to do it now. Look, King David, he won't answer me. Anyway, so like we were saying, so after the Witcher Gold, after the, the static, I mean, the Dreamcast, and you kept going. So obviously, I'm assuming we have all the, the current gen systems and all that good stuff. So that's good. But now I want to get into like, now, what kind of got you to where you are as far as leading to Digital Foundry and also Eurogamer? So, how did that come come about? Like, what led to what? Oh man, that's a that's kind of a weird one. Uh, yeah. So, I worked yes. in like IT programming, that kind of stuff for like mm-hmm. more than a decade. Mm-hmm. It was a while. Like, you know, when I was living in the states, that's what I was doing. Uh, nice. You know, I worked in the automotive industry, just doing nice. computer stuff essentially. I got to travel though. Get, went and lived in Tokyo for a bit. Wow, that was cool. fun. Oh. Uh, up in Detroit some, you know, just in various spots, but it kind of, you know, just kind of went along and uh, I guess I got married in 2010 mm-hmm. uh, and my wife is French. Nice. So eventually in 2013, oh, it was kind of like, you know, oh yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. So uh, she was like, you know, kind of want to go back to uh, <laughs> Europe. It's like, oh, it's, I, you know, I was kind of open to it and, uh, you know, with, with her job, you know, she's a chemical engineer. So oh, wow. uh, we traveled oh. with her job. Nice salute yeah. to the lady of the realm. So I, I basically quit my job completely. I was just like, well, I guess I'm done. Yeah. Uh, and it just at that yeah, time, that's right. Well, love and my wife, I must go. <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. So that's what I did. So I came, I came to Europe, and just at that time, uh, we actually moved to France first. Now I'm in Germany. Uh, it was just like uh, Richard was looking for somebody to help out essentially mm-hmm. just posted on the page and i thought it was a good opportunity to try something that i was more passionate about mm-hmm. now, now, now back up one second because again for the uneducated i, I do not yeah. now richard digital foundry existed as an entity already and richard was kind of running that like how, i'm just confused as That's far right. as right yeah yeah okay. yeah so, so richard's been around doing game related stuff since like 1989. wow salute lord richard right better we love that so, voice <laughs> you, you, in the states he's not that well known because obviously the magazines didn't come out there but in the uk he was like a household name like he was doing all kinds of big magazines like it's it's pretty much like the equivalent of like you know the top egm guys or something oh okay like one one of okay like very well known uh in england like did a lot of magazines he did wow. started he's mostly sega focused so nice. you know, like stuff like mean machines he did the official sega saturn magazine Woo! that kind of stuff nice. you know they wow. he, he even he was the one that helped uh, orchestrate the uh, one of their issues it sh- it came with uh, the first disc of panzer dragoon saga with the magazine oh thank oh, you sovereign's heart right thank there. you yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you yeah i remember that book mm-hmm. yeah so yeah man but yeah so he uh he started up doing digital foundry at some point which was uh, more like a dvd related thing like okay. doing like dvds for like magazines and uh strategy guys and such okay and then yeah, that just was the thing back then because it was almost like a pack in some a lot of magazines had that pack in disc and i remember yep, Orc Sam yep. and those guys so that was kind of a thing at that time i do remember and then you know it went uh, away the internet yeah. fast internet. enough right <laughs> yeah, we even get our uh, demo discs and stuff from those right. magazines oh exactly God. exactly so it's pretty much i mean he started it up yeah as far as i can tell like uh those first Eurogamer articles you guys remember those where you would just like compare yes. like six or seven games at a time but it was just like a blurb or two and like a gotcha. little test 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just started as that. And then he started doing more and more. And then he brought on uh, some other guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just kind of grew. And I was an avid reader of that mm-hmm. at the time. So uh, when it came, when there was an opportunity to kind of do something like that, since I really enjoyed that stuff, I basically like threw my hat in the ring and was nice. lucky enough to get a shot to kind of test myself. And Nice. And Lord, prove AKA it. Lord, let him kill that interview. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a test. Even I had to do a test, kind of look at a game and try to break it down like we would do. And it was mm-hmm. crisis three. Because <laughs> that, that was the one that was yeah. just hitting at the time. And it was like, all right, that's a good, good one to look at. But you know, when I started there, uh, we were pretty much just article based, right? Like for the first two years, all I did was write articles uh and you know do some screenshots and the, the frame rate videos were just like short videos with no voiceover or anything mm-hmm. oh, wow. and then in 2015 we started a push to do more like what we do today mm. and i was i think my first videos were that i did with voice was uh i did one on xbox streaming on the pc mm-hmm. and um gears of war ultimate edition was the first Ooh. big comparison video i did with okay. voiceover and that thing took me like geez like a week and a half to produce yeah yeah i do i remember that one actually too the quality that's one thing you guys over there very high quality on the breakdowns that that was a good that was a big one that was a big that was a big one yeah no that was a i love i love me some gears so nice that was kind of like the learning game for me figuring out how how to do the video stuff and it just Mm -hmm. kind of kept evolving from there Gotcha. So then it went from now, let me get the it started from kind of like writing Eurogamer, and then you kind of then transitioned into the video production side and kind of leaned more into digital foundry. Because they they're they're one entity, right? Or just break it down for me. Is it is it one single entity under the Eurogamer umbrella or they're separate? Sort of. We're kind we post their stuff there for the text stuff, but we're kind of our own thing. Gotcha. So it's not we're not one and the same, but we are, you know, connected to those guys, of course. So like a cousin, like a good relationship. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of cool folks working over Eurogamer that do doubt. Salute Eurogamer, salute Digital Foundry, Richard Ledbetter, huge fan. Um Oh, he's the man. I mean, like I said, me and me and Solve laugh all the time. Like he has the most illustrious voice breaking down technology. It's 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 fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, next question is obviously like a lot of us older gaming lords, we survived that eight bit through the thirty two bit console wars. We all try to have all the critically game, uh, acclaimed games that come out as we possibly can. But obviously, now with the intensity of the current console wars, right? Like. How did you ever envision Digital Foundry becoming what it is? Because in my opinion, it's like it's like the pulse of modern gaming culture. Like everybody waits for that Digital Foundry breakdown, whether it's a you know an Xbox One X versus a PS4 Pro, you know, 60 frames per second resolution or whatever. Depending or on the side of the fence you're on, you wait with either anticipation <laughs> or fright. Okay. (laughs) I I just want that to be clear because plenty of times it'll pop up and I say, man, I gotta watch this video, but I don't think I'm gonna like the outcome. Every time there's a big game in Digi and I know Digital Foundry about to make that video, I'm like they about to set the world on (laughs) because I mean it it, it's balance breakdown, but Mm -hmm. it's just so precise. And like I said, if you're looking for for a title or you're actually let's say you have all platforms and you're deciding which to get and you want to see the you know the advantage and disadvantage advantage on each it's such a cool thing so did you guys ever envision like it would become this i mean you guys are the pulse of gaming culture right now 
That yes. is so that's, that's so weird to think about when you say it that way. <laughs> I love it. I'm just a here, here in my house doing this stuff, you know, trying to make inter- interesting, entertaining videos. So it's like, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's a it's a it's a crazy thing. But I mean, I enjoy doing it. For me, the main drive yeah. really is actually to. Uh, I I have a lot of friends that that are developers in games, and you know, I developed a lot of software myself, but not actually games like other software, but. uh I know how much work it takes to build this stuff. Like Absolutely. I haven't experienced anything quite as intense as mm-hmm. like a crunch, uh, crunch period or something on a game, mind you. But right. you know, I like I like to celebrate what these guys are doing. So I kind of view a lot of the videos as like you know, it's it's part comparison when there's multiple versions, but also like a big part for me is just kind of highlighting the hard work that these guys put into this these games you know like mm-hmm. help people appreciate yes. like why this stuff is so Absolutely. cool like why this is impressive and why you should care because you know reviewers are just going to talk about all oh, well the game is good bad whatever yeah. you know the gameplay the story yeah. that stuff and i feel like you know it's it's the artists and the the programmers and all the other guys you know doing this stuff in the background that i want to try to try my best to you know give them some extra like shout outs, you know, some credit to showcase like the good work that's done. You know, mm-hmm. when something's not done well, I'll point it out, of course. But mm-hmm. you know, I I kind of prefer to be more positive than negative these I, days. I, I've noticed work. I've noticed that um the reason why I gravitate to the channel is because one, uh it's not bias, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's just it's just facts. Well, you know and, I love everything, so <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and the 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 breakdown of these facts, the whys and the hows, and mm-hmm. this is what you should be looking for. Like when you see this and you say, uh, like certain terms that I'm not well versed in, where Lord Cognito is well versed in, or Lord Sovereign is well versed in, and I see these terms, so I'm able to have a conversation with these guys about what I've just seen with your channel. You make me more knowledgeable going oh, into the conversation awesome. with them, yeah. and I use your vernacular to attack yeah. them. Like <laughs> the tessellation was off on the hair. And let me explain why. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I just, I just, love, I just love how lit they make Twitter. So that's all I that, care. Yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. The millennial, of course. <laughs> it's an effect. It, it, off. The big love is. I mean, I love all the tech breakdowns of the modern stuff. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's the DF retro. Like, oh, thank you so much. Yes. For me, that yes. speaks to my heart in a way that, like, it's stuff that I would love to be able to do myself and it's just because apart from you breaking down like a specific game mm-hmm. or, and the history of that it, it's a history lesson in and of itself yep. and that's what that's the what i love most about it because you're you know you'll break down like for instance doom like doom you took every single version of that game and explained why it was different why it was special why mm-hmm. things were different and at the same time you're explaining sort of the 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 the, the culture around gaming at that time to sort of understand how these different differences came about it's it's you attack it in a way that shows how much love and reverence you have for this stuff that mm-hmm. i love it i mean oh man i'm, I'm so, just, I'm so I happy noticed that you guys put up that that the uh i'm sorry to cut you off the uh no go ahead 60 press conference thing this morning yes. oh my god just to mm-hmm. sit there and just listen to you guys talk through that stuff yes. and and i obviously you see everything in 2020 hindsight 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just to see like where where the vision was then and where things are going. Uh, I love that stuff. I just love looking at stuff like that. Absolutely, so, man. I appreciate oh, it very much. Man, Big I time. thank you very much because yeah, the retro stuff is like my own passion project. That's the stuff that I love doing the most. Absolutely. And it comes across. It comes across. You can feel it. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, might as well transition right into to, to the question I have you for retro because um obviously like you you we also know you as the ambassador for that. You know what I mean? I mean, and like what I like what you do is similar to what Saw was saying is that you guys almost do like what you do specifically, which is great, is you put people in the time capsule of what was going on during the creation of that console or that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, that's what I try to do. Dude, you exactly. got that on Smash. There's no one beating you on that. Like I remember what I was doing. I remember the climate of the game and the industry. And then sometimes mm -hmm. even when you take a franchise, what you'll do is you'll have the evolution and every iteration of the game on different platforms. And just to see the growth kind of to like where it comes now, like Tomb Raider, you did that before. And it's just such a nice touch and a celebration. And and like you said before, like it's about giving credit to the dev. What was the thought process behind them choosing mm -hmm. this versus that? You know, oh, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You kill it with that, man. And Iron Lord, salute to you for that. Like, I love the retro series. Fantastic job. Oh, man. That's so nice to hear. Cause, yeah, you, you guys are exactly getting what I'm trying to do. <laughs> so it must be at least somewhat successful then. No, no it was very successful. Like, cause yeah. I watched when, when, when the videos pop up on my YouTube feed, which is probably, I've, I don't know, I've turned into this weird guy that YouTube is actually my information highway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's like my go-to, like when I decompress from the world, I go straight to YouTube. So normally, you guys will pop up and then weird stuff that they'll recommend, and I'll go straight to watching that video, even if I don't have um, any... Uh, thoughts of purchasing that game i want to see the comparison and the breakdowns into why because and that directly goes into that uh the chinese uh system mm -hmm. uh that just came out oh the thing that richard did yeah yes yes yeah. and i was intrigued by it when i saw them talking about uh, how many cores it had and all this other stuff and then to see that you actually got the system in-house and the size of the system and the build of the system, but it actually is running as like a PC opposed to a console. But I said, I posed a question yesterday. I said, well, maybe they view consoles uh, the way we view PCs and it's uh, their view because we don't live in their culture. So it has Windows 10 on it and maybe their boot up and stuff like that is of a console their self, but it's this powerful. And I saw the games that were playing on it and I said, wow, it just took me to something that I can't access right now mm -hmm. and you guys gave me a window into something that I was very curious about and I was appreciative that you actually did that you guys actually took the time out to get that system to do that Absolutely. oh yeah I'm so glad that was possible to do that because uh I I don't know the whole process but I don't think it was so super easy to get were you able to get your hands on it though how would you able to uh, ri well Richard has it at the moment so mm -hmm. I want to check it out next time I'm over there, actually, because it looks, oh, looks kind of neat. Yeah, so, it does. I do have a quick question for you. Was there any particular yeah. project that you did that blew up a lot more to your expectation where you was like, wow, I didn't expect that? Well, let's see. Okay, so there's there's two, I guess. Is One is that we did that thing on the PS3 conference earlier this year. Mm. Which is the three of us talking about it, right? Yeah. yeah that was just that like, kill zone, though. That, that was just... <laughs> 
I was just like, a, hey, this sounds fun to do it. I didn't expect like anybody to watch it, but that video keeps coming back. People keep watching it. I'm like, all right, that's cool. I'm glad people like that one. <laughs> I think I think that as as part of the retro series is perfect because again, a lot of our memories, like you know, it, it, you look back then, you, your memories of those events, right? Back then, we it, it was hard for us to actually watch these events, right? We got the news coming out of it. If you weren't at an E3, you'd be able to get that afterwards. So all of the excitement around the tech at, at that time, or all the rumors and all the, it, like with the PS3, you're going to have to, you know, get another job or whatever, all that stuff, <laughs> like, it, it puts you back in that moment and how you felt like you were pissed off or like you were elated. And it, it, it's just the fact mm-hmm. that you can sit and discuss that stuff now with yeah. all that hindsight. Yes. It, it, it's equal parts educational and hilarious to do. Yeah. Like, oh, real yeah. quick, not, not to interrupt you guys, shout out to Lord Samuel Tolbert, one of our editors for the uh, TICGN uh, website. He said, thanks for the ton of work that you do. Guys like you do, John, been following since, since 2012. Always enjoy your tech breakdowns. It's one of the reasons he began studying engineering. Wow. So you out here inspiring, man, in the room. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great, man. You love out here, man. You love out here in the realm of the Lord. Make no mistake. Um, <laughs> well, I was going to ask you just to, to transition. Um, now, obviously, you know, obviously, Microsoft, a majority of lords here, you know, Microsoft's kind of our preferred platform in the realm. We have sure. everything, but obviously, we, we do like Xbox. But um, now, can you tell us what led one of the biggest exclusive tech reveals ever, in my opinion, by Digital Foundry, which was the Xbox One X? And at that time, just to, you know, put it in, us in a place, you know, you guys were kind of allotted that ability to go behind the hood before anyone, you know, and get a chance to see that tech. So break down that whole process and then just, you know, the, the Scorpio, the chipset, you know, that whole thing and getting under the hood and down and dirty with the Xbox One X. Oh, no, that's a little tricky one. I'm not actually sure how how much I can talk about. <laughs> you know, I don't want to get We don't want to get you jumped. We said, listen, tell us how it happened. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can answer it this way, too. You can, obviously, you can't. Whatever you can divulge, obviously, please do. But if we don't want to get you in trouble. But as far as just, just the experience itself, like, Getting your hand, can you talk about just uh how you know how your fan like putting it through its paces or some type of benchmarking or just oh, your just, the, is that, that, just the opportunity alone kind of blew my mind and okay. it, it was uh man like <laughs> <laughs> okay I have this question though what kind of thought press did you have when you found out that you guys were doing that yes I was just like wait what <laughs> like. <laughs> That's how I felt when they said we were having you today, right? And like, cause all right, because it was, it was we have a chat, right? And in that chat, um, is like, uh, what, what are we gonna do for the week? So pretty much, uh, last week I had a question. I well, I had a topic that I didn't use, and I, I'm really passionate about this topic. So I said, you know, what, we we can cut that um last week because we had a guest on, and I didn't want to go over. I said I'll save it for next week. So you know, and I'm in the chat, and I said, well, you know, my topic is the same as last week. I just you know want to uh, expound on that and then they said well the guest is you mm. <laughs> right and i looked and i said yeah right oh, <laughs> did, it, did i read it wrong did I, did I read it wrong and i read it again and it was like you know link to his twitter check out his twitter you know get well versed if you're not well versed and i'm like ah, i watch the guy every day stop playing <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and i said hold up 
this is where the cold sweat hit in. And I said, I don't want that freeze moment where you're like, well, you know, it's your turn to ask him a question. And I'm like, ugh. Uh, uh. <laughs> and, and you fanboy out. But I'm pretty sure that was your same moment when they were like, okay, well, we're going to um talk about the X. And, uh, and you're you exclusive know, I'm, digital family. Yeah, we're going to go live with this later. And you was like... The- <laughs> like that, like that yeah. was that was one of the biggest things being talked about at the time. Yeah. And it's like then you just randomly wake up. It's like Digital Foundry uh, revealing them, not just you know yeah. like dissecting them. They're revealing them. It's like yo, why Microsoft letting another company reveal their own product? I yeah. thought it was genius because yeah. they understood exactly how important you guys were. Yes, well, there's Which, not too many people in the industry that could do something like that on a positive effort. Like no, did. it's it's so. not even that addict. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that they are the go-to. Mm-hmm. You understand? Like when you this is how confident this is. This is what I took from it. Right? Um, they were so confident in the yes. tech that they were about to reveal. Yes. And this has been unprecedented to give it to a third party to do that, dissect that, and say what it is that you choose to say about it without, you know, saying, you, well, you can't say this, you can't say it. I don't know for sure, but mm-hmm. I thought it was supreme confidence in that Absolutely. and knowing that they know your audience, mm-hmm. that your audience will, like, tune in. Facts. And I how think- big you guys are when it comes to that. I Go think ahead. that's that was equivalent to, like, a game being so confident they release they review copies a month or absolutely i mean <laughs> yeah they're yeah, like I, mean, yeah. I don't care like let's go good. I think that's exactly right where it's yeah. just like you know the hardware is just really good so yeah. i mean uh, we could say whatever we wanted about it honestly yeah but uh there is you know in the console space they, they just did a fantastic job with it it's a great machine absolutely and, and, and like king said and reiterating what addict said you know for me when i heard like i said i called you guys you guys are the pay the, the, the you guys have the pulse of gaming modern culture down you guys have your finger on the pulse so to me i felt it was a fantastic move by microsoft it showed just like king said complete confidence because make no mistake if your tech is being put presented in front of Digital Foundry, it's going to get broken down. <laughs> mm-hmm. There will be no, you know, you guys go through the you paces and so much you have to do from it. <laughs> you you <laughs> tell it honestly. You I, know, I so, found out that that whole reference of checkerboarding. Right. Remember, everybody uh, was talking you about guys. what was it called? <laughs> oh yeah, the, the, the vaping cooling system. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, we were learning technology in terms. Right, do you? And I tell somebody that, like, you know, because it has the vapor cooling inside the system. <laughs> I don't. They look at me like, for real. Yeah. I don't know if you can comment on this, but was it true that when your article went live, your site crashed because there was so much traffic? Because that's what I heard. Oh, you know, I, I can't remember, but I feel like that might have happened, or at least yeah. it was like really, really slow for a short period. Because I remember people was like, the article's up. I was like, I'm waiting for that video. I'm not reading all that. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. it wasn't up too long afterwards, but it felt like that 10 minutes was a long time. <laughs> I think yeah, what Microsoft yeah, was realized the- was that like they were so inadvertent. You guys, because of all the tech breakdowns that happened at the beginning of the console of this generation, 2013 with the Xbox One and, and the base ps4 and like all the the comparisons that you know uh resolution gate and all that stuff that you guys were sort of like inadvertently kind of in the middle of because of your tech analysis yeah it was just i thought it was genius on that part to go right back to that source and say you know what here you go guys 
it's kind of funny too because <laughs> it's uh you know we'd already like with the ps4 pro like that kind of stuff got out there right so we posted right, all yeah. the new stories about the specs mm-hmm. ahead of time yes, so i feel I like you know it's 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 almost you know if we can just get it official word from the mouth yes, or like yep. actually see it directly it's like kind of clears up the potential for errors there yeah the pro stuff it's like you know you have to go from what you have and it's like right if if something appears worse in those documents than the reality uh you know that you can't you got to clear it up right so yeah i can see the benefit but you know you you, if you're gonna do that with a with a group like us i guess you know you got to be confident in the hardware like you say like 2012 (laughs) comes with the wii u or something Absolutely, but like I said, I mean that it was ultimate conference. And, and like one thing you you just nailed a good point too is that you know by having that you know as opposed to the pro situation where it's a lot of inferring, right? You guys are sitting there yeah. based on specs, and you can only do so much as far as you know what you guess. But it's really cool how you guys break it down, and and then when the act came, and then it's like okay, we don't really have to do any more inferring we have it here we, you know yeah. microsoft is letting us go through the put it through the paces and see some stuff and i remember that uh forza horizon you know the 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 not forza horizon but a forza kind of spec demo or something that they were showing you guys at the time oh, yeah. yeah and it was just fantastic and you guys were like hey it's only utilizing you know this percentage of you know the xbox one x is not really all the way optimized yet and it's really yeah. fascinating stuff just to see you guys break that stuff down so yeah salute to you got tremendous job tremendous job with the xbox one x you know coverage i thought that was a fantastic get for digital foundry i thought it was again complete confidence by microsoft in the tech and it was cool to see that whole thing kind of unfold with you guys and definitely salute to the team for that that's cool man thanks yeah it was uh you know i i i'm i'm kind of glad to see the competition come back in the space like this as well yeah. like you have all these console manufacturers like vying for you know your dollar it's like mm-hmm. uh Microsoft being on top of the world with 360 is what led to the original Xbox One. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they were just too confident in what they had going on. And it was this, this Don Matrick years. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You know, because I say this Phil era, this Phil era is the greatest era so far for me. Because, <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm a Sega head, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell people every day that Microsoft is the baby that we never wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because that uh, Sega died. So Microsoft actually, you know, stepped into those shoes. Yeah, a lot of Sega kids went over to my Xbox. That is true. Yeah, yeah. is it is it because the system is a dark color system? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> but it, it filled that void where we wanted it to be Sega. We always want if if we can take the name and put it on the box and it be successful in Sega. Yeah, we'll be happy. Those kids that don't know that just Microsoft kids, these are the original Sega kids. Mm-hmm. We're here for that. And now, seeing that Microsoft have grown into this entity, like you said, with the 360, and they got the hubris that had them believing that they can do anything and anything. They was omnipotent, and we will follow no matter what. And they fell flat on their heads with the first <laughs> Xbox. <laughs> and to see the reversal. But it was still to, a technological. It, as much as it was, wasn't a commercial success, for them having the Ethernet the the hard drive they they set the tone Xbox Live debuted with OG oh uh, right they, 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 oh, they, 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 Xbox was great 
from well, a hardware perspective. He's X- talking about the original Xbox I'm, One. I'm talking about the original Xbox One. I'm talking about 2013. No, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the original Xbox One where they fell flat on their heads where they thought they, you know, yeah, the messaging was mixed and they thought they can do anything. They could recover from anything. What happened was when they put their games out and digital, they say they didn't understand the digital foundry. We're going to do a breakdown. <laughs> and, and they didn't understand. They, they didn't understand what was actually happening. And y'all got part of this movement, this wave, this this culture without being biased at all, just stating the facts. And this game runs at 1080p and this runs at 90. I 900p was like my bane. Like I had a tear in my eye. Like I can actually see it. <laughs> yeah, okay. it off you. I, I yeah like. I low-key think di- Digital Foundry is the sole responsible for the X even existing. <laughs> Listen, no, probably so, but Listen. the fact you know, that... Like, we got to get the everything turned around, man. We getting hit at every corner. Let's but make an cool X. Those Bob Microsoft are doing it, it because they the, had to change uh, the narrative. It was the That's inverse cool. the previous gen, though. You go back yes, and look at right. all of our old comparisons. It was pretty much yeah. the 360 trouncing the PS3. Yes. Most right. The I don't think. I don't think they they really when they made that. I don't think they thought it was that effective back then. No. But see, the reason they didn't know that is because it was reversed. Behind their PRT, but then when it was reversed again, Sony's <laughs> like, Man, I, I bet you Microsoft said one point or time. I would, I missed last decade. <laughs> like, <laughs> God, yeah. it, it, the thing that sucks is like, you know, the community latches on to whoever like the winner and loses. Yeah, right. So, like, during the yeah. Microsoft era, it was like, Oh, DF only likes Xbox, yeah, you, you can't see it off. <laughs> and then it's like, and then it, it flips around for the next gen, like, Oh, they only into sony they don't like anything else it's it's so true it is so true that's where i sympathize with you guys because you know with every positive thing you may say about xbox one you know and every positive thing you know the other side will always accuse and be oh well you know they they had exclusive rights to the xbox one there had to be some kind of influence and then like when you guys do something on the playstation side and it really shows you know how something is great even with the spider-man thing that broke the internet right i was very angry about that i was happy that you guys actually did the spider-man thing Mm -hmm. because i played it at e3 Mm -hmm. and to hear the negative that they were saying uh the puddle thing the puddle gate um just out of curiosity what did you think before you did any analysis or anything on the puddle gate scenario well by the time it popped up on my feed i was already playing the game <laughs> oh, okay. i was like I was just like, guys, like if you actually see this thing running and play it, it's like there's no, it's, it looks awesome. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Well, 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 the funny thing is, people in this community actually pretty much started the puddle gate. I think I think the Lord Kofi literally started the puddle gate. Oh no! Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and, and I said, and I told these guys, I said, listen, uh, because uh, they know I like Xbox, but yeah. I said, let me tell you something. This was my game of the show. Like Spider Man was the game of the show. And I said, I touched it. I said, if you get a chance to touch it, if you see it, my thought was, I say I'm always jaded by the Final Fantasy demo that they showed, and we never actually got that game. Remember when they was dancing in the ball? Yeah, that's when we learned the horrors of vertical slice demo. 
<laughs> yes. So I saw the 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 CGI, I, which what I thought was CGI for Spider Man at the time when they showed. I saw there's no way the game goes. They, like the game that. really does good on that CGI to actual gameplay. Yeah, the transition between yeah. cinematics and gameplay is pretty. Serious. Oh, I mean the the game or the cinematics are real time. Yeah. It's real time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You can you can pause at any time and like mess around with the colors mm-hmm. and the field and like manipulate it all you want. And it's Amazing. just they do that awesome job of transitioning between cinematics and gameplay. I love oh, that. Kind of Spider-Man has never made it so easy to make thumbnails in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, let, me, let me ask you this because this was the this is what they were attacking my man Lord Littleman for. They were like, you know, people's uh, reference to Spider-Man that, you know, your statement in reference to that there was no downgrade as opposed to an artistic change. Now, do you stand on that square still? Like, do you, are you, are you letting the fanboys know I think, no downgrade I think, here. I think people have misunderstood when you say artistic change. I th- right, they, right. they think, oh, they just changed it because they thought it looked better. It's like a lot of times in this case, like I think the E3 puddles kind of look better. And I said that in the video because yeah. the reason I think they change it is has to do more with the amount of work required because it's not there's not really a technical difference between how the E3 and the uh final game turns out maybe a slight difference in the resolution of the cube map like the whole thing centers on those reflections use something called a cube map you know essentially a box projected texture beneath the surface that's designed to sort of like it's just a picture of the scene and you put that under the surface right Right. so that's you can kind of fake reflections that way and you know if you look closely at the texture you see it's not accurate it doesn't reflect the objects but to do that all over the game world in an open world game you know they're already using a lot of cube maps that's a that's a super time consuming thing so honestly my guess is they just found a way to do puddles and water in a way that's more like uh, efficient for their time so it's an art change in the sense that it's a change to make the game easier to 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 create like a more efficient way to do it like making all these custom textures specifically for these rooms like that's a that's a ton of work right there right and absolutely. i feel like their solution in the end is just more like you know it's again this is my guess i haven't actually talked to these guys here yeah. i think it's easier for them to do it right and i'm not to say like everything they've done like very difficult work clearly like there's a ton of effort went into this but absolutely the whole reason the situation bothered me in the first place is nothing to do with the like, console wars or anything like that. I just thought it was disrespectful to the to the guys that worked on the game. Like, Thank you. It, it doesn't show. It shows a lack of understanding of what it took to make, and it shows a lack of like you know empathy in terms of like what they had to do to make this work and like what you have to think about when making a game and mm-hmm. not understanding that when you're doing these vertical slices for an E3 demo, it was like, mm-hmm. that's all you're doing. You're focusing all this time and effort into perfectly polishing up this little bit of gameplay mm-hmm. just to show off. And it's like, you don't know all, you haven't asked all the questions yet that are going to come point. up when you're, when you're reaching the end. So like, as the mm-hmm. development continues, it's like you suddenly realize, Oh, we can't do this for this reason. And it's usually uh-huh. has nothing to do with, Oh, the system can't run it. It's other things. There's right. not right. time. Let, let me jump in real quick. Cause I have a quick question. On this. This yeah, go for it. And I think what it, where the disconnect happens. And first of all, fantastic points, because you are correct. The, a lot of the gamers, casual gamers, we do not understand the decision-making process. The technical, um, you know, limitations or things that are needed to make things happen and where, you know, as far as just to present something to us. Now, on the other side, I want to be fair and balanced. On the other side, you know, Lord King, Lord Sovereign, and I, I, we were kind of old enough to have been to E3s in the past before. And when we've seen those quote unquote vertical slices and like I said, not to throw 
PlayStation on the breast, but the, but the kill zone is a, an infamous, <laughs> you know, even, even watchdog. Right. So oh, yeah. I get question to you, Lord Lenneman, is that because gamers in the past have quote unquote, I'm going to say full deceit, but they've been misled as far as what's being presented on screen. As we know, sometimes oh, it's yeah. a vertical slice, but then when they get home and they're like, wait a minute, this is not what was shown. Like, do you at least maybe empathize with the gamer on that level when they're looking at these? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think, think I just think it's a it's a situation you can't judge with a blanket because think, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I think there's a difference between someone being burned in the past and someone using console war fanatics uh, to to push the agenda more than that. That's what I see the most on Twitter. It's it's not about, you know, what's been done in the past to games like Watch Dogs. It's about it's on PlayStation so I can attack it. There is some of that unfortunately. But I think, you know, again, so with every game it's going to be different. Like we we've since learned like with Killzone, right? Like <laughs> the infamous Killzone. <laughs> all that all that was was an I internal demo reel. Like that wasn't had yep. nothing to do with the actual development of the game. So like the they they chose to show that on stage and didn't even tell Guerrilla Games beforehand. I thought the cell processors was capable of that. I thought the cell was doing. <laughs> yeah, like, I learned. I, think, I learned. You know, another. I learned day. from Trip Hawkins. Oh my God! Don't go there. Don't go to the 3D. No, I have to go there. I have to go there because the go. M2. Let me tell you something. We we was finessed. We was finessed. We got caught. We we purchased our three DOs, and I I don't know how we got this seven hundred invite. Yeah, I don't know how we got this invite, but we were on their list, and they send us the invite to come down to Carnegie Hall to see the unveiling. Because they knew you was going to buy that. Oh no! Let me tell you something. I think they still got my deposit money. Shout out to Bill Stillwell, fellow three D O fan as well. Yes, and you know they, Trip Hawkins is the greatest snake oil salesman this world has ever seen. I mean, he is the best. Let's just say this a little bit. What we were presented to was a behind the scenes showing of the three D O M two. Their expansion on the existing existing 3DO hardware to complete with, I believe, PlayStation, all that stuff was coming soon, I believe. So what we saw to this day was probably one of the most outrageously outstanding tech demos. I mean, the thing looks so good, it probably could put Forza Horizon right now to shame. It was <laughs> we were just like, oh my God, if Dude, they hold this tech. I've, I've seen some of those videos, but I am insanely jealous that you guys get to see that. And that's amazing. It was good trip, you know, and salute the trip as far as they showed us love. But from that, we we were filled with so much confidence. And then to <laughs> see the result and then find out none of it was true. Uh, it wasn't running on base hardware. They fed us. We were heartbroken. <laughs> they they had us sit down in a beautiful auditorium. Yes. And we was presented with the greatest real demo yes. real that i seen to this day uh, it was a car racing game that was insane and it was on like the virtual highway yes. which the textures was beautiful and it ended with a car coming in the opposite way because we got on the highway and, and we was just swerving it was brilliant <laughs> Paul, and I said, we, 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 walked, 
we we walked away and we like you know he's up there he's able to talk to us we're talking we're shaking hands we're like come on we're impressionable we're not like, revolt deserve this at <laughs> yeah exactly. we cannot sign and then to find out that they put it in toasters i was <laughs> <I'm mad. done. laughs> so you know that there's been like five games released for uh, m2 hardware right are you serious what? Yeah, so uh, that hardware that was being developed uh, was picked up and used by Konami. And wow. there are, I believe, five arcade games that use the M2 hardware. Oh, offline, we, we, we've got to talk about this. Oh, I do need to get that information from you. We'll talk offline on that one. That is amazing. So one of the first ones to look up is uh, something called Battle Trist. It's like T-R-Y-S-T from Konami. Okay. It's a 1998 fighting game. Okay. And that game... It's based on the so yeah. There's a few others as well, but I think uh, I think it's called like Konami System 16. Okay, even though it's technically the M2, but it's uh, it is Konami jumped in and kind of took over as far as the the hardware or just I I don't actually know how it how it came to pass. They license it out to everyone like that Mm. thing we. See, we thought we were the only people in the room and he was talking to us. He was talking to everybody in the room. <laughs> and, and it was people that was there to purchase this tech. Mm-hmm. And I believe, honestly, that you know he sold it because after that, yeah. uh, we thought that the system was coming. We were ready for the next system mm-hmm. and yeah. heard that it sold off and it was in toasters. <laughs> like, I, I was like, yeah. we'll definitely get into them too later. I was, I was sorry for the tangent, but I didn't, I had no idea about that. That's fantastic. Yeah, thank you. The, the 3DO is interesting. I, I do plan to do a DF retro oh. on that and the Jaguar. Uh, at some point. Oh, yes, my Jaguar, Jaguar episode's been in the works for a while, but we'll get, we'll get wait. there. But the thing wait. about 3DO that's interesting is it's like you look back, a lot of developers like really started to take off there. Like, that's kind of like. Naughty Dog took off there, right? That's where they started yeah. getting deals with Universal. Way to and then uh, Insomniac Games, we were talking about Spider-Man. I mean, that's they started working on 3DO first. Their first game, which was yeah. Disruptor, was originally mm-hmm. a 3DO game. And like, you know, those guys were were working on that system. And it just seems like there's a lot of weird connections that started from the 3DO that spiraled out into yeah. all kinds of crazy areas. Absolutely. What a, what a crazy time, right? Oh, my God. Oh, I love that time. Yeah, it it's was awesome. nuts, man. <laughs> Let's move on. So basically, obviously, Lord John, we know you as the benchmark, one of the benchmark guys, and you are kind of known as the human fraps. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. when did that obsession with frame rates start, like with frame pacing and just breaking down? Like you are that guy when it comes to frame rate in this generation. How did that obsession start? Man, it's kind of so. That goes back to this earlier story with Daytona USA is the first game that made me say like, okay, 60 mm-hmm. FPS. And I went on a mission to get that at home. Like I was, <laughs> when I was buying 3D cards, I was always looking. It's like, they, they're just not as smooth as the arcade. It's not, this isn't Daytona. Mm-hmm. And that was the obsession. And it was, uh, I think it was when I finally got the Dreamcast and started playing all those games again and just seeing that it really kind of hit home, like how much yeah. that mattered. Absolutely, and somehow I just I'm just really sensitive to like uh, little disturbances in the fluidity in the frame rate force. <laughs> it just it really sticks out in my eyes. Like I can't like solve. I think I think that is the key reason why I won't play PC because I know I won't be able to come back. Yeah, literally, I'm kind of the same way. Where especially I'm a Destiny fan, and I know what the PC guys are doing. I know myself. If I see that level of fidelity as well as frame rate. It will make me not want to go back to God. So, <laughs> the weird thing about that, though, is I can deal with a lower frame rate as long as it's 
consistent. Solid, right? oh, like, mm-hmm. I just like my frames to be delivered evenly. Yeah, yeah we so got yep. You know, I can put up with 30 frames. It depends on the game. You know, mm-hmm. for a lot of games, 30 FPS with motion blur looks good to me. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it's got it's majority gotta be, of games, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 generally good, you know, but obviously, you know, higher is always preferred. But yes, part of it, though, has to do with the fact that, uh, you know, it's improving with different types of techniques. But when we moved to flat panels, uh, I killed yeah. the uh, didn't kill it, but it reduced the impact of 60 FPS. Have mm-hmm. you guys looked at a CRT lately? Yeah. Yes. So, so you look at those old tube televisions or monitors and like the, the way motion looks on that is so much so much so much than what you get on any modern display absolutely ridiculous how good it looks like Mm -hmm. especially an old pc monitor you play it like 170 hertz or something Mm -hmm. on that thing with that perfect motion and it's just it's ridiculous looking Mm -hmm. and uh yeah that was that's the thing and i really wish we could get back there like Mm -hmm. we're getting closer like there's a lot of like neat techniques like you know black frame insertion or the Mm -hmm. ultra low motion blur those features that are that are starting to get there but it's still Mm -hmm. not quite the same it's a it's a jarring effect like when we first saw tobal no tobal 13 or tobal number two yeah yeah when we first saw that on playstation and that's what we knew what 60 frames per second looked like yeah it was a flat shaded polygons but the fluidity in the characters mm-hmm. and the the speed yes that's when we knew it was something different mm-hmm. like we yeah. understood at that point in time we want more of this this is what right. we want more of and just for yeah. reactionary and everything like that and i even learned terms from you like you know just frame pacing you even like hey the frame mm-hmm. off here and like I, it now would make my eye more perceptive because of you when right. i look at games and i'm like yeah i see what he's talking about now you know it's yeah, just yeah. Not smooth the frame pacing term is kind of a weird one i think we just kind of came up with that out of nowhere i love it it. (laughs) you can call it all kinds of different things i guess but it's really just about like how long a frame is persists on screen right Mm -hmm. right so like if you have frames that are on screen for variable amounts of time it looks jerky that's really all it is Mm -hmm. and you know that that whole frame time thing was uh for a while like nobody really understood like what that was about Mm -hmm. so like you get this uh dual graphics cards and SLI and the PC and it, it <laughs> a lot of those problems. Ooh, you always yeah. call it like micro stutter. And that's yes. basically what it was. It was just the frames were persisting for different lengths of time and it didn't look smooth. Even if your frame rate was really high. Absolutely. So that was man. the issue. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, great, great, fantastic stuff there. Oh, we can go on. Now, um, I want to open up just a little bit for the Lords on Osar. Maybe you had like one or two before we move on. And anybody else oh, want to jump in? Oh, definitely. I mean, I, for me, I, I'm really interested to uh, to hear what you think about what's going on just for the next consoles that are coming down the pipeline. I mean, we're probably about two years away, year and a half, two years <laughs> away from, next year, bro. from these next consoles. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they might be closer than we think. But um, this past week, uh, the, the CEO of AMD sat down with Jim Cramer to talk about, you know, sort of the turnaround of the company. And they, she specifically mentioned working with PlayStation and, and Xbox on the, the next iteration of their consoles with Xbox specifically working on uh, the cloud stuff and whatnot. But she used the term secret sauce and it, it made oh, me yeah. laugh. <laughs> it made me laugh because it, it brought me back to 2013 when all the stuff coming out about the Xbox versus the PS4 and the whole ES RAM thing and people were talking about how that would be a bottleneck. <laughs> 
and how there was supposedly this secret sauce that would use the ES RAM in conjunction. <laughs> I remember that. With DX12. DX12, And the cloud compute to sort of boost up the power of the system. So when she uses a term like that, like secret sauce, like what do you think that means technically, especially if we're looking forward to these consoles? Like what do you think is reasonable to expect from these consoles coming down the pipeline and what would you like to see? And is the secret sauce thing just jargon? Hyperbole. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I assume secret sauce is just them finding a way to accelerate uh, some sort of operation that's useful for games in a way that you know you can do directly it's like extra silicon to hopefully improve performance in very specific ways mm-hmm. that also differentiates the box from the other so like it's not identical machines because right. i can imagine yeah. like neither sony or microsoft really want the to have like identical machines in the market mm-hmm. uh, so i mean i have no idea what it could be or what they're targeting but what I'd like to see is uh, essentially what NVIDIA is trying to do right now. <laughs> the RTX cards. Like if yes. I don't yeah. think it's possible because of cost, you know, but right. they can RTX functionality. Get, we could have ray tracing in some consoles, man. That would be sweet. I, would, oh, would, I think, think it's think the next console. I would think, I don't don't think it's these coming down the pipeline. No, I don't think it's possible, especially because AMD, you know, they're not there. They're not there yet. Do you think think maybe a mid-gen refresh of the next console, maybe maybe five years down the line, maybe can incorporate some of that stuff? Uh, Oh, I think further off than that. If it were were mid-gen, that would be a problem, I think, because, you know, starting to integrate that existing an existing platform that just creates more of a split than i think that they have have. and it's just i mean so i feel like that's the most exciting thing to see would be ray tracing but i don't think it's going to happen so i would imagine that the main push is just going to be pushing more in the direction we've been going like better rasterized performance uh so we're hitting 4k resolutions more easily yes uh, i mean it's already impressive that we've we've been getting a surprising amount of native 4k games on the mm-hmm. xbox one x as is yeah. you know, it's kind of it's kind of impressive but i think it'll get you know we'll get closer to hitting that more often yes but let's, it's just yeah, yeah go ahead sorry. no no please finish and then i'll i'll, I'll follow up mm-hmm. i'm just wondering about the you know you see this gap again with the pc stuff uh NVIDIA is pushing pretty hard with some new technology and it's going to create this kind of gap. Mm-hmm. And I'm very curious to see that's how that's going to impact the, the two going forward. Like I'm almost wondering, like, is this going to limit the potential of ray tracing in games anyway? Just because, mm-hmm. you know, not that I it's from what I've heard, it's, it's not that difficult to implement in terms of, you know, mm-hmm. it's a direct X 12 feature uh, yes, yes, and all that. that. So, you know, it should be, and the stuff that we played, I played a bunch of RTX stuff already uh, really? at the nice. reveal event back at okay. Gamescom. And, you know, some of those developers, they were just telling us, like, yeah, we had, like, two weeks to work on this. Wow. On the wow. final card okay. here. And, you know, they implemented some amazing stuff, like that Battlefield stuff. Uh, oh, looks, looks fantastic. Outstanding. But- how do you but, how do you think the PC the, the, the PC gamers react to obviously the, uh, being excited about the tech if you're uh, you, if you're a first adopter you're going to jump on it regardless but the fact that utilizing the tech at this point brings down performance in a way that PC gamers haven't necessarily been used to 
Uh, It's an interesting what I've been thinking about. I kind of feel like it comes down to uh, when you came into PC gaming. If you're an old school PC gamer, you're going to remember the days of, uh, you know, (laughs) it's like, oh man, like I can't wait to the day when I can run at these settings. Or when I actually get to this frame rate, like actually push PC games were featuring technology that was forward looking like stuff that yes. you couldn't turn on when you bought it like mm-hmm. like yep. yeah i could see what that looked like but the hardware just doesn't exist yet like that's right. what crisis was about mm-hmm. and it was exciting to like you know see each new upgrade you know you're pushing mm-hmm. further closer and closer to your uh what you want to see but mm-hmm. in the last decade i feel like pc gaming's just become about well i'm just going to ramp up all the settings and the resolution of the max and it better be perfect (laughs) (laughs) that's what they want that's what they expect you're basically playing you're playing console games Mm -hmm. with some extra features like some slight boost it's just like boosting console performance rather than like really pushing into new areas correct and it's like if you came in during that period then yeah i could see why like that seems unacceptable to do it but Mm -hmm. for me it's exciting but yeah. at the same time, it's you know, I, I I can understand, you know, when they announce the price stuff, it's just like yeah, you yeah. know, it's it's ex- these things are expensive, man. So yeah. not it's cheap, not man. not gonna be for everybody. Yeah, it's the ground floor of the future. And when exactly. you do that, it, it's disruptive in a way that's gonna pit, turn people off initially. And it, it it's it's gonna go through a lot of growing pains, but I think mm-hmm. Ultimately, we're going to get there. Maybe, 10 but years. that's what the PC is for. The PC has always been the testing ground for these growing pains to find out exactly yeah. what it works, where, and how to implement that in a lower form in the consoles. Mm-hmm. So I always look to the PC. So when they so the ray tracing has been around for a while, but mm-hmm. they are making it at a chip level in the card. So. Yeah. That is, you know, it's it's going to reach uh, a lot of these games. I just want to see what games are going to take advantage of it and see right. if I'm going to invest in said card. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, absolutely. Let me for let me, me go. Oh, go ahead. You are, yeah, I don't want to interrupt I, it. I, I just wanted to make one more comparison. Oh, is it, you know, what would I would like to see is uh, so the original Xbox mm-hmm. used some sort of like variation based on the GeForce Three chipset, mm-hmm. yeah. but it was you know it was a different thing. But that introduced programmable shaders, right? Yes. The right. GeForce 3 was like, I believe, the first uh, consumer graphics card released in 2001 to support programmable shaders. And that's become hugely important to graphics. Right. And amazingly, the Xbox launched with that feature set. Yes. And, you know, it was early for shaders. Like, very, you know, very limited compared to what we have now. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was the start of something. And I feel like that really helped push graphics forward in a big way because, you know, the PC was improving in that, but the Xbox was still there. Absolutely. So like developers were maybe more willing to invest in that. You couldn't do those things on a PlayStation two. Though the right. PS2 was very interesting in its own right. It's a really fascinating piece of hardware, mm-hmm. uh, but it's different. different. So like, that's why I would have liked to have, you know, again, I don't think it's possible, but mm-hmm. seeing some ray tracing in the console would remind me of when the yeah. GeForce 3 style yeah, chipset that and implemented that. ended oh, up yeah. in the OG Xbox. I, so, I yes. just, at this point, the fact that they're, I think they, they both, both main console makers are dedicated to making machine, machines that are more like PCs. Mm-hmm. I think what you're saying is, is couldn't be more of a reality because they're not really creating these super, like, bespoke uh, pieces of hardware that are that are very difficult to program for uh, in their own rights like they should be fairly easy to program for so yeah i mean my hope is that they're able to to do something with this tech and shrink it down and 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 sort of uh bring the price down 
within the next couple of years so we can see this in console gaming mm-hmm. i would love that yeah. yeah i think the i think the problem though is like it's being introduced now in the pc world and the consoles mm-hmm. are you know likely already well into development and it's yeah. like it's too late you know, to probably implement mm-hmm. right yeah it feels like it's too too late and too yeah. expensive to really jump yeah. into that pool right now i mean yeah, it would be point. it'd be awesome but you know <laughs> we'll see. I mean, who knows maybe, maybe 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 AMD's been secretly working on something. <laughs> secret, so, secret sauce. Secret That's sauce. the sauce. Let me, let me jump in right quick. Man, Blast master like, processing tool. <laughs> I've never been. Oh. Because you guys got my mind working too, and I want to shout out Lord uh, Corbin Dallas in the chat, who else was thinking along the same lines of me, which is we talk. Obviously, we talking about speculation, speculation as far as the next generation consoles and so forth. But like, obviously, the rumor, <laughs> more secret store stuff, is that Microsoft is heading toward direction of maybe a cloud-based system, right, where cloud streaming technology is used, and maybe there's a device on the physical end that kind of handles the input and things that are kindly kind of like generally detract and really, you know, as far as latency is concerned. So again, I know this is speculation, but I know this is rumor. But my question to you is that, you know, based on what we've heard, like, do you think if anyone is capable of ushering that kind of tech forward, would it be Microsoft as far as a cloud streaming system? Oh, I mean, in terms of pulling that off, I think Microsoft is well positioned for it. Companies like Amazon are well positioned for it. Like, the ones that you know, these guys know that stuff. They're mm-hmm. they're amazing with networking. They've got the money. They've got the yeah. hardware. They've got the Azure, backbone. Microsoft, I mean, AWS with uh, Amazon. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So mm-hmm. like, they're kind of set up for it. Uh, and I, you know, it, it's a weird one for me though because it's fascinating tech, but it's it's also kind of an assault on my way of like. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. The traditional gamers. Absolutely. So Dude. I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not that big of a fan of pushing in that direction just because uh, mm-hmm. I don't want them to take my discs away. I, I, I hear you, bro, but but what was presented was an option. <laughs> See, that's if it's, yeah. if it's an optional service and it stays that way, and that's you know that's the key is it that it remains optional. <laughs> Uh, it's a cool way to maybe draw some people in, especially right. if it's like you bundle it in with your TV and you yes. like buy an Xbox pad or something and you're playing. Uh, you know, it's just, that's cool, but right. it's it's really it's not for me because I, I mean, no matter how fast you get, you're mm-hmm. never gonna I get the hard super low latency. Yeah. You're not Absolutely. gonna get the perfect image quality. Mm-hmm. It's the same reason why you know movies I really care about. I'm buying the UHD Blu-ray version. Exactly. Oh my god, so that's my exactly god. what I talked about. Oh my god, Lord, Lord, to a point for a long time where it's all you know streaming, mm-hmm. and I think the reason Microsoft especially wouldn't try this is because I feel like they are they have one mess up a whole generation. I don't think they want to start the next generation with another mess up because. <laughs> Uh, 2013, I honestly and truly think almost cost them the Xbox brand. I don't mm-hmm. think I think another one, the co- the generation right after it, I don't think they recovered. That's I mean, a it's an interesting one because uh, 2013 that was an era I really that that turned me kind of against the Xbox for a short period because when they started talking about that whole like game ownership thing and the always online thing, like yeah. that again felt like. I'm such a big collector that felt like they were basically telling me like, now nah, we don't want to do things mm-hmm. the way you want to do it anymore. And I, yeah. I was very afraid of that becoming a thing that, so DRM. that, that yeah. turned me way off of them for a while. And mm-hmm. so I will say though, like I, 
Gotta hand it to these guys. The way they yeah. turn that ship around, man. Yeah, it's tr- so, tremendous. I, I don't think that's a good Bill Spencer and you know who all these hardworking people under underneath <laughs> him though. Like there's yeah. a lot of people there that really care. Absolutely. I, no, I honestly, just, you know, the people I've met from Microsoft, like you know, and Sony and Nintendo as well. Like these guys, like, yeah. it's a lot of really good folks there. Like really doing their best. They really care about this stuff. Absolutely. And but like re rerouting your ship like that when you have such a big company navigate like, like changing that direction the way they did that is very I difficult it's like they it's like it's like they put a uh, put a bomb on their own ship and when it exploded they <laughs> rebuilt a Listen, ship before it sank they were just a little bit more they were ambitious and a little bit more forward thinking they no it's <laughs> landing in Pachinki with a pistol and making it out that's exactly what it is <laughs> And they landed a pachinki with a pistol and they made it out and they're going for that chicken dinner. Oh, so, I low key feel like from here going forward, Microsoft isn't going to try to do like jumps like that for a while. I right. think they're not going to force it. Like you said, it's going to be options. They're going to keep moving forward. I don't think they ever stop being the ones that try to push the industry forward mm-hmm. yeah. i just think they realize that the messaging around it has to be very they, clear they have to give it, have, it has to be clear and they have to give players choice um you know phil has said he said i don't ever see a future where you don't have a, a, a microsoft uh, an xbox box in your house whatever yeah. that may be so i mean it's just a matter of how you message it if we look back at 2013 a lot of the stuff that they talked about that we thought was cool mm-hmm. is has come to light or is in the process of coming to light it was just the negative stuff around the ownership that was that was Correct. bad and and the bad yeah, messaging yeah. because no one truly understood how these things worked so it, it created this fear like Hey, am I uh, losing? Shout out to Sony. And shout out to Sony. For I love Sony for what they did. One of the, yeah, <laughs> one of the greatest. You know what I'm saying? Between was it? Uh, was it a house? The, and, the and, video where he no. said, "This is how." We share games. Yeah. yeah. Who was the team? <laughs> Who was the team with that? It was insane it, trolling right there. 2013. Yes. Well, it was definitely really rough for Microsoft. Yeah, I mean, it was downhill at that point. I mean, I. Mean, just, I yeah. You feel like uh, Don really shouldn't have been there for interviews. Yeah. Like you, you look at the you look at the interviews he was doing right there. When he said, "Get it three sixty, let him in." Dude, like, like that was a PR nightmare right there. Like I'm sure just, the other guys at the office when they see that happen, they're just like, "Oh no, Don!" I bet you. I bet you. I bet you when PR saw that, they're like, "Yo, someone got to talk to someone. He got to go." Like, oh how do we cover that up? There's yo, no there's way to a, cover there's that. There's a meme up. on uh, on the internet that I thought was hilarious. Like, there's like a burning city, almost like decay, <laughs> and then they have his face, and it's like, "My work here is done," and I passed out. Like, it was the funniest thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, thank God for Phil's dog. All, only Lord and begotten son, Phil Spencer, for jumping on the burning ship, man, because... No, it, but you know what? And, and I'm going to say this. nightmare. I'm going to say this, right? Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff that Don has uh, put into place mm-hmm. and has come to pass has benefited uh, Microsoft. Maybe the That's messaging true. was wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was off, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes... Uh, the way somebody comes off, you may not like his approach. So yeah, yeah. what they did was they put in a different head coach. And I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I mean, some some people really say, oh, no, Phil is too soft and Phil mm. is this and Phil is that. Okay. 
to navigate, like you said, through these shark infested waters <laughs> to get to where he is. Yes. And, and, and when I say him, tremendous. you know, I've, I've met Mikey Barra. Mm-hmm. I've, I've talked salute. to these guys. Uh, salute to these real human individuals that yeah, are, yeah, yeah. they love, they, you know, what they, they love they, gaming. I, I, I agree. agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you just, you, you, you always have the president or the face of the company. And if the face of the company reflects the people that's under him, which are great people, then, you know, they're going to lead to great things. So I honestly believe that everything that they uh, pointed to Don, they probably didn't like his approach. Whereas Phil's approach is a little bit more strategic, but everything that was against them, he took off the board. Power narrative Mm -hmm. this way. Uh, put the system in Digital Foundry's hands and mm-hmm. let them present it to the people instead of us presenting it to the people mm-hmm. so they can understand that we have no control over that. Let them mm-hmm. say what they're going to say and let them, you know, uh, dissect the system. Absolutely. I thought it was complete genius in doing that so they can say, we're hands off and whatever mm-hmm. they say, being that y'all listen to them mm-hmm. is right, right? Okay. So, <laughs> and we listen and I think that's probably... The most I, I think I watched that video probably at least once a month, maybe. Just wow. <laughs> back to it. <laughs> once a month. Just because that was the turning point. That was the point, the aha moment when I said, Yeah, they they really, the right direction. They and like I said, it, it, it yeah. helps that Phil comes from you know Microsoft Studios to culture. He's kind of built his way through up as opposed to, you know, someone kind of on the outside or more mm-hmm. of a corporate attitude or, or what have you. So it's just good to see them turn around that thing in, in the right direction. We got a lot of shows. We got to move on. <laughs> but um, what the last thing, um, unless I've got, got anything else, is that um, I definitely wanted to get in, as far as the personal request for me, was um, would you ever – one thing I think you do great with DF Retro, right? Mm-hmm. I think would you ever consider doing like a DF Retro deep dive like – on like the unsung portables of the past because the question the reason why i brought it up is i saw that video you did where you was like hey you got your nintendo switch guys you know i know you you know hype up <laughs> but then you brought out the genesis nomad and you were like this is the first like that was amazing to me so would you ever think of like doing like something on the old portables because i that i actually was a huge fan of portables and i know you yeah, said game yeah. Boy was one of yours like i i had the links you know say so i remember the game, game i got a couple right here oh my man well you got a couple links you know, Turbo yeah, yeah. express and i don't i think you're the only one kind of championing that the handhelds people don't realize the handhelds hold really up a second let me just reach over here let's go I got it. I got my links right here in my hand. Woo! Damn, I wish you had the camera today. Damn. <laughs> Remember when we used to link up and we used yes. to play the skateboard game? And Tari links up like eight, like oh, eight yeah. California games. Like yes. oh That's yeah. my world. Now, let so, me ask you. Get, let me continue. And I'm going to ask you another question. Oh, I was, I was just going to say. So, yeah, I would definitely love to do more of that. Oh, yes. And the only reason I don't do is so the handheld stuff is tough. First yeah, of all, doing, right. doing systems in general is tough because, you know, it's just there's a lot to cover. But with handhelds, mm-hmm. there's both the capture and the filming element. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. like I did in that No Man episode, I had to film a lot of stuff. Yeah. And since I'm a one man show here, yeah. uh, you know, setting all that cam, doing all the camera work, like oh. filming outside and, you know, mm-hmm. getting all the different angles of the system, you know, that just takes a lot of time. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, I guess I did film some of those systems in that episode, if I remember. Yes. Like I had footage of Game Gear and yes. uh, links. You had me hype. I'm like, hands. oh, it's coming. It's coming. 
<laughs> the thing though is like to get those camera angles looking good is like the most uncomfortable thing ever. Like you have to contort your arms in the weirdest way, and you can barely see the screen, and you're just trying to make it look like you're playing the game casually, but casually, you're like not. Yeah. Who, who, do I have to speak to Richard? Do we have to get Lord Ledbetter on the phone? We need deep retro, full segments, full blowouts, old consoles, the whole works, man. We need this in our life. Yeah, I need to do. I definitely want to do more of those. And like I said, the Jag and the 3DO are certainly uh, up on the list. Those will, those will be the Jaguar is probably going to come first because I'm borrowing a bunch of cartridges from a, from a fellow no. very nice guy. That, that is going to be hilarious. That's going to be hilarious. Get that cybermorph and get that alien version. <laughs> that is interesting because there's some great there's some great games on there, and then there's also mm-hmm. some really bad games. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, it is yeah. an interesting mix. No, <laughs> yes. no. Let's no. keep it pushing, y'all. We got a lot to go as far as everybody. It's good, get okay. That's off. Or like much like the the quest the prior question. Um, in terms of the Nintendo Switch, then Woo! what what would you like to see in a Switch 2.0? Like in mm. terms of like is is Tegra 2 even still viable, or is there something out there more uh, powerful? You know what? Te- like Tegra 2 is pretty. Yeah, what's that? I don't want to know what you want to see. No, I don't. <laughs> we don't. No, don't listen to don't listen to him. Don't listen Sorry, to him right now. Don't listen to him. Oh, so Tegra 2 is used more in like automobiles. It's not really that <laughs> wow. It's not really anything significant over the regular Tegra. So what I would actually like to see right now with the Switch, because it's still relatively new, is essentially I want to see the super dock. Mm-hmm. I want a dock yes. that you plug it into with extra power. I'm not sure how it would work. I'm not sure if even the, the connection between we'll be the capable. system and that is even fast enough to yeah. support this. Like mm-hmm. I there's still a lot to, say, to that I don't know about this. But if it is, I would like to be able to plug it in and get higher resolutions and maybe some better performance. You know, just something to spice up the docked experience. Okay. Okay. In handheld mode, I still think Switch games generally look awesome. Me too. Like, you know, Mm-hmm. It's for for portable gaming. It's fantastic. Absolutely. Well, I mean, when you yeah. talk it with your TV, you know, you start mm. like, all right, you know, this looks, yeah. looks good enough. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm when, so when, with you right there. When you're playing, when I was covering the amazing ports of Wolfenstein Two and Doom to the Switch, which I feel like they shouldn't even been possible, but mm-hmm. you, you blow that up on a 65 inch 4K screen, and it's like, yeah, when, so when it drops to like 360p, you're just like, oh. Listen, I'm with you, and that's that, for people, people that understand, like that's why it, you know, it's only for my portable purposes. Because when I come home, like you said, Lola, I mean, it's tough for me to throw that in that dock. <laughs> when I have the Xbox One X there, the PS4 Pro, you know, it, it's tough to, to to be playing their version of Doom at home. <laughs> <laughs> it's just tough, man. I think I, I think s- that, that dock thing is great. I think if you look at what some P- like laptops are doing now with PCs, a exactly, lot of you connect exactly. your your, your you know desktop GPUs to it, yeah. Uh, you're wishing on the star. That is true. It is Nintendo we're talking about. That's true. Absolutely. One thing to keep in mind, though, is Nintendo does have a history of upgrading the portable, yeah. right? Yes. Right. The Game Boy Color was just an enhanced Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the let's see the the DS had the DSi, which mm-hmm. was slightly more powerful, I think, and had a few extra features. The 3DS had the new 3DS, which had a significantly yeah. faster uh, hardware. Mm-hmm. In there, and so they've done this stuff before, where they, you know, release. Lord Letterman, I, I must say this: they do mm-hmm. not view that system as a handheld. No, no they don't. <laughs> it, it is, man. You know, it totally is. That's, 
Listen, <laughs> it is not because they have a new 3DS that's coming. So, yeah, they, they really view it as a home system. Now, we might get a RAM expansion pack. Remember that for... um. Yeah. The, the, N64. the N64, yeah, yeah. And that's the only presidents that I can say that I can look back and say, okay, they understood what was needed. And if it's the outcry that's loud enough, because the dock does have that space in the back that something should connect and fit in there. And I think it was forward thinking in saying that we can do this later on because we didn't know with the N64 when we opened it what mm -hmm. would go in there. But they mm -hmm. knew. That's right. That's Absolutely. right. Yeah, I mean, so that's what we got. We got to push y'all. We definitely behind right yeah, now. Yeah, we're almost there. Yeah, we got to go. But, um, you know, last yeah. thing, and then we're going to the topic stuff. Uh, The name. I need to know this, and we'll move on. Dark One X. What oh, is the science behind the damn name? <laughs> that's an old name from the 90s, and believe it or not, it actually came from uh, a Quake mod that I was working on <laughs> that I just called Dark. And I was, <laughs> I was trying to make something with uh, using... Uh, the the Reaper bots that Stephen Coles did, and like okay. somehow like modify them and but put them in like a much larger kind of map environment, okay. but just but only put like two in there, uh -huh. and it was like a really dark map, and the idea was like it was like you were being hunted. <laughs> nice, I like it. So it sounds cooler in concept than you know you know good <laughs> execution. In the execution, because you know I I didn't have the skills to really change. I, you know, I just played around with some of that, basically sticking them in maps that I made, and you know, I had grand vision, but it didn't, you know, it was just a little bit of a all good. I, I dare even say mod. It was just making a map and then trying to you know, stuff with it. I drew, it drew some some textures and stuff, trying to you know, just messing around with that. I did. I messed around a lot with the Quake engine stuff and nice. uh, the Duke 3D, the build editor. I used to make mm -hmm. stuff in Duke Nukem 3D, but yeah, that's mm -hmm. the name originates from that. Okay. Honestly, and the the I think the the X was just the X was added just because just like I tried to cool. join a forum and oh, like okay. the dark one was taken or something or like added it X. Dark one X. I say you know what's sad? I will come off a whole new name before I have to put numbers or anything in my name. Like I, <laughs> I don't know why. Like every time's like because uh gaming addict has took on Xbox, they're like, just put like a one or two. I'm like, no, I oh, will no, stay room to kill before I go exactly ass gaming addict number eight. Okay, so I have we work it. We will speak. Shout out to Lord Dom McCullough, Dan McCullough. We had on shows out of Xbox Live. We working on that as far as Xbox Live gamer attack retention. So it's coming soon. We got you, Addict. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but now, I'm glad you explained that. I, I just thought the name was cool. I just was like, wait, what's the story behind this? Like, this is a, a very cool that is, name. That is a circa 1998 name. All right, this is the last thing. We put all the, 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 the lords, the guests of the, on the realm on the hot seat. Lord Lineman, top five video games or franchises of all time in your are you opinion. kidding me with this <laughs> on the spot digital foundry let's go oh gosh uh i'm just gonna name some franchises i think <laughs> than specific games but i might go with like uh mario sonic halo metal gear and um gosh that's a, that's a good list okay one more one more it's just like a million other things that could stick in there it's just off the top of my head. I almost like turning around, looking at the wall. <laughs> looking at the, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll throw in something like, I don't know, Mega Man. Okay. All right. All right. That, 
one of the first people when I put Zelda. Yeah, you're one of the first. You're one of the first. I'm impressed. I put, I put those in though. All of those games or series, like from the various generations right. that I go back to and I play a lot. Like okay. I love those games. I play them all the time. Like Super Mario World, mm-hmm. you know, the classic Sonic games, mm-hmm. you know, the Halo games, of course, you know, all these games. Mega Man, like I don't get tired of playing these games. Yeah. Right. And Absolutely. you know, for that reason, you know, there's stuff I've enjoyed a lot as well, but those those just kind of stick out for me as like the long term, like right. I can go back here and I always have a good time. Absolutely, yes. fantastic list. Real quick on Halo, are, are we going to be getting a breakdown of the Master Chief Collection 4K at any point? Oh man, that's a t- <laughs> so that, that hit it like the worst time because of all yeah. these other things coming out, and then I have to do these two shows in like you know England and and Berlin, yeah. and uh, I've been playing it, and it's a so the, the patch is interesting because the main change is really like. It runs in high res, and they added HDR. Mm-hmm. It didn't actually fix some of my complaints. Mm-hmm. So, if you watch the Halo video I did on DF Retro, yes, uh, one of the issues I always had with the Halo One port and Halo mm-hmm. One is like that's, that's my jam right there. Yeah, that's all. Oh my God, uh, what? All all the versions that came after the original Xbox were like derived from like the work that was done on the PC version. Yeah. And there's a lot of like visual glitches and just. Mm-hmm things that aren't quite right and mm. i've always hoped that they could just like find a way to get it looking as it should like mm-hmm. you know you go in to assault in the control room you look up mm-hmm. outdoors and it's like yeah. black mm-hmm. like it's supposed to be like this foggy like mm-hmm. foggy looking sky on the original xbox but on this it's like if it's fog and it just ends at a certain point and it's like starts <laughs> black or something mm-hmm. like it just looks incorrect and it's right you know, or you go to uh, Silent Cartographer, even on the new one. It's especially yeah. obvious. You look at the horizon where the water meets the sky, and there's just mm-hmm. this big old blue band that runs mm-hmm. around the edge. Between- <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? It's a small little detail, but those things like stick out. And it's just like I got you. I really had hoped to see all of that stuff fixed, but I understand maybe why it wasn't. Because I mean, that's not mm-hmm. that's not an easy thing to address. But right. still. So it's it's more of those minute details, more like also skybox kind of things, or is it like just it's a lot of like, a lot of minutia like that. Some of the effects gotcha. look right, some of the way the textures work, you know, things like that. And it's mostly Halo One that's the issue, and it's the gotcha. oldest, so I get it. Gotcha. But Halo One has never been perfectly replicated from its original Xbox form. Gotcha. Uh, and so you know, but the re- you know the rest of the pack, mm-hmm. pretty you know. Uh, Halo 4 has a lot bug where like mm-hmm. stuff kind of pops in rather than fades in like it's supposed to. <laughs> um, Halo 2 anniversary looks awesome, mm-hmm. but uh, you know it has some extra slowdown, I guess. But overall, it looks fantastic. I I don't really like the way Halo 1 anniversary looks, the anniversary graphics, but I love what they did for Halo 2. Yeah, that, that's an Especially because oh Halo 2's graphics, especially when you blow them up in high res, like the original <sighs> graphics, they, they they haven't aged well. No. Yeah. Yeah, they, were, they were trying some new techniques, and you know it was cool at the time, but it doesn't hold up. <laughs> Halo One holds mm. up better, but the 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 uh, remake that they did kind of that's that's awesome. All right, gotta address a question quick in the chat. Um, they, 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 the chat is talking about shout out to Mr. Adam. He said that, that you guys said that there would be a DF retro on Turok One and Two, and he's like, oh, we've never got it yet. He's oh yeah, there. I can I can explain that. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> when I wanted to do that one, uh, I, w- I was really hell-bent on getting footage from a lot of different 3D graphics cards, like real 3D graphics cards and a mm-hmm. retro PC uh, that the PC version supported because mm-hmm. I think the PC version is interesting. So I reached out to a friend um, mm-hmm. 
who actually has all that hardware because I don't I, I don't have that much retro PC hardware right now. Gotcha. Uh, it's just difficult to store it all. Uh, but uh so he was helping me capture and it's like it just you know he was going through some life stuff and things were you know difficult and i know he captured stuff and then i haven't heard back forever so it's pretty much just me waiting on that and hoping that someday i get it but mm-hmm. if i don't if i can't get it you mm-hmm. know in the next few months i mean i guess i'm just gonna have to proceed without it but i gotcha. really wanted to do it that way with that stuff to really show legitimately what it looks like running on like the old ati rage cards you know on 3d fx cards on the rendition cards on the Mm -hmm. old nvidia cards like Mm -hmm. just to give people an idea of how the cards varied so much back then so absolutely shout out to my my plans were big and you know it it hasn't worked out yet but it wasn't not your fault though you're waiting on someone who didn't deliver Yeah, but but you also have him. people sitting here waiting, and that's yeah. a good thing. Exactly, he, he said he's not letting that so, go. All right, Lord Chat, stop, wait. stop attacking John Lindman now. Stop attacking the Lord. <laughs> letting you know, give you the background. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> I got right. you. Know, Tur- Turok will happen because I love, I do love that game. So yeah, the Lord Lindman. All right, last week's poll results are in, and the people have spoken to the question: With the initial momentum of the Spider-Man PS4 launch, do you anticipate Spider-Man surpassing God of War in first? month sales numbers the winner at 70 percent in a dominant four-way ilp poll three-way ilp poll is the yes mark marvel and spidey momentum is too huge to stop group coming in at 18 percent in second place was the no god of war is a once in a generation masterpiece group and coming in at last place at 12 percent was i don't care all my money is going to nba 2k vc group <laughs> the Lord who participated in the poll. I'm gonna ask, ask this to Lord King. Lord King, hey, how are you? How do you feel about this? Considering you have a bet with Lord Adam. Well, you know, <laughs> me and my little buddy here, <laughs> we actually feel great about our uh, position in this race. Um, <laughs> we would like to accept the award. <laughs> now you want to accept it early before the numbers come out. You can, you can get on your knee. Now, if you choose, <laughs> but Lord no, Spider-Man, the whole month. Lord Spider-Man has spoken. <laughs> Lord, add it real quickly your rebuttal to the uh, the poll results. I think I'll wait for the whole month. No you doubt. should do that. You should just sit there and wait for those numbers to come rolling in. <laughs> Lord, Metamorph, if you had a guess, what would you pick? I mean, I gotta go with Spider-Man just because. <laughs> Freaking! It's it's Marvel and Spider Man and and like his yeah. big first party game. Like these kind of it's it's one of those events. Like you yeah. you see how big this stuff is lately. Like it's amazing. Yeah. It's the marketing as well. It's, it's, it's going to do well. Absolutely. We'll have a new poll cooking up at the end of the show. Let's fly through these topics. We are running late, so let's get into it. Lord Sof, we had a direct. We had a direct. We finally What's got that on? direct. We finally got the director we were supposed to get uh, about a week and a half ago after but the, the earthquake in Hokkaido kind of uh, held that up. So mm-hmm. let's go through some of the main points of, of the direct. Um, mm-hmm. In terms, I'm totally happy that Switch continues to be a port machine. <laughs> Give me all those ports. <laughs> let's go. So, Gospel, Next the year, we'll be getting new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe, which I Ooh. knew was coming. And uh, at some point, we're probably going to get an announcement about um about Super Mario, uh, mm-hmm. what you call it, what the heck, the Super Mario Maker, 
mm-hmm. some point we're probably going to get that. Um, in terms of new announcements, mm-hmm. we got um, City Skylines that's yes. coming. Yes. That's a big game to go on the Switch. That's a huge game. Yeah, yeah, on the Switch. Hopefully it can do it. Oh, yeah, I, I've, I've seen some early stuff on that. It doesn't look so great. Oh, yeah. yeah, I, I, I saw that movement. Like, it doesn't look super up, great, but it looks, yeah. <laughs> if they can get it, yeah, yeah, I agree. It's going to go to original Game Boy uh, monochrome. <laughs> oh, my God. Continue, Lord we're getting, we're getting a new RPG from Game Freak that is not Pokemon-related called Town. Well, uh, the the, uh, the the name right now is Town. Um mm-hmm. Which is just interesting, the fact they're doing something other than Pokemon. Um, then we're getting, we got a name for the Yoshi game. It's called Yoshi's Crafted World. It looks uh, very cutesy. Um, you notice there was slowdown in that, by the way? Oh, yep. Your analysis is pleasing, Lord King, right now. <laughs> but hey, it's, a, it's also an Unreal Engine 4 game, which I thought was kind of funny. Exactly. <laughs> Like what? Is like a Yoshi game, like a basically a first party Yoshi game that's made with Unreal. All right. Uh, yes. All right. <laughs> okay. And in terms of the, the two biggest announcements in terms of new stuff, so we're getting a, a Luigi's Mansion Three coming out yes. next. Thank, thank you. And that's finally, huge. finally, finally, Animal Crossing is coming to the Switch next year as well. Yes. Um, Big. I just want to shout out to uh, Nintendo for being some of the biggest trolls ever. I was watching a reaction, and my man Kofi literally thought they were just announcing a... As a a character in Smash? A character in Smash. I I thought he was about to start crying on stream. (laughs) (laughs) I was kind of waiting for them to, like, finish that up, and then all of a sudden, like, Waluigi shows up. Just to <laughs> yeah, right, like, you should have seen his, his face, man. He's like, I just got finessed. No, <laughs> no doubt. That was a that was a good close, man. So yeah. continue, Sam. I'm sorry. I, I think it was I think it was a great direct for them. I think, I think it was uh, the best uh, direct they've ever had. Mm. Coming from you know, they, we're talking about what's with Nintendo, it's always the worry about what's coming next in terms of first party. They've been able to fill a lot of the void with great indie support. Um and now they're showing what they have coming down the pipeline for next year. They have Luigi's Mansion Three. Yeah, Woo! yeah. Luigi's Mansion Three. You have Animal Crossing, uh, Metroid, maybe, <laughs> and maybe some other stuff. Stuff that's unannounced. Oh God! We got a PNG. King's gonna throw water on our parade. Go ahead, Of course. No, listen. I'm not saying anything. All I want. I didn't watch it, and I'm not gonna do it. Oh my God! What? Listen, 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 listen. This is what I'm gonna say. All right. I love I, I took the gist of it. I had so many inboxes in my Twitter about the fact that they are actually bringing original content so I can just get off my high horse and stop, you know, raining down on you guys. And what actually put me off and you already know what put me off is I purchased these games for my Wii U, which is actually viable, which I actually use. I use my Wii U. It's not um, viable. I, no, it's not viable. It's not viable it's not to you, viable. sir. To you, sir. To you, sir. I got my original tablet that I play. All right. Um, I have mine too in the closet. Where <laughs> see, but I purchased those games. I actually supported them, and so I'm not I. gonna repurchase these games just to say I can move away from the TV to go upstairs to play them. No. <laughs> All right. So I, I, I'm happy with original content games, and I do uh, look forward to those games. That's it. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not even gonna go at your direct. I'm, I'm not shocked. gonna bother your direct. I'm um, I, I'm. <laughs> 
Listen, me taking Lord Attic's word right for now. it, and Attic is saying that it is the best direct that they had. Kudos mm-hmm. to you. I'm going to watch. But I mm-hmm. got burnt with the last direct that I watched at E3. Yes. And I sat there with Lord Cognito, me and him alone. We started in a room of 15, <laughs> and it was down to two people. Yeah, shout out okay? PlayStation, bro. Shout out Sam Tolbert. Shout out uh, Lord Gary, the crew, all our L.A. crew. You know, the yeah, we were not happy yeah. with that direct. As great as Smash Brothers were, we just went to happy. Just yeah, just please, please. I I need to build up the courage to watch it again. <laughs> let, let me jump in soft when you finish because I, I got a lot to say on this. I mean, yeah, I just think I'm not even mad at them for continuing to support 3ds. Man, at this point, 3ds is also a port machine. They're getting Bowser's Inside Story. You're getting Kirby's Epic Yarn coming to 3ds. Um, you're, also, we getting got Starlink for uh, Switch. That was a big one too. Right, that was big. Uh, mm-hmm. with, the, with the Star Fox. Do uh, actually care Star. about this game? Let's be real. Yeah, no, actually. I- no, let me tell you, I didn't until I got a chance to go behind the scenes at E3 with it. And act, I didn't care about the toy portion. There's like a toy component. I think that game looks amazing. And it looked, the toy part is cool. It's just obviously I don't care about that kind of stuff. But I noticed a lot of the kids and a lot of people that were playing it, they were big on the toy thing. But the game really felt like a spiritual successor to Star Fox. And they have Star Fox character integration. I thought it looked cool. Like I, I, I actually have a video up on ILP about it. I, I Listen, thought it was the fact that you're able to take the toy in real time and to remove yes. weapons off the toy and to yeah. put it back on, and that toy is interacting in real time. Nintendo again has struck gold. I love their amiibo line, so I think yes, I'm going to purchase and stay very close to this game. This is original <laughs> content, and they're using the system in different unique and unique ways. Absolutely. All right, I didn't buy that cardboard stuff. All right. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I still got my cardboard. I'm waiting for them to make this viable. Oh, but, my um, God. <laughs> I, I, ready to I definitely do it. Yeah, so um, they they kind of broke down the Nintendo online service, which is going to start on the 18th officially. They talked about the, the 20 NES games. And I think if there's, if there's anything to really attack them Woo! on, it, it's, you know, the the details of this that we've been talking about for forever at Nausea. Online um, service. Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see how this thing, this stuff evolves over time. Um, and then down to the reason why Attic thinks it's the best uh, direct ever. There's a whole lot of Final Fantasy coming to, to, to yes. Switch as well as Xbox and PlayStation. Yes. I'll take my Huge. Xbox, please. Thank Huge. you. <laughs> man, if you're ready, just off it. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm chomping at yeah. the bit. Yeah, so definitely jump in. Definitely. Jump yeah, in. man. First of all, you know what I'm saying? Before I even get into it, I want to salute good friends of the realm, Lord MPD Zone, Lord Matt Piscatella. Because yes. prior to this and then after this, he's remained consistent. And he said with his uh, Nintendo Switch predictions, he remains bullish on the Switch. Now, remember, he broke the Internet early this year. He had the Nintendo Switch on track to be the best-selling console of Q4 in 2018. And he solely based it on the hype of the Let's Go Pokemon, Let's Go games and Smash. Now, I got to keep it real with y'all. And I'm going to have a confession. Lord Attic King going to be surprised what I'm about to say. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is... Coming in, obviously, you guys know I'm a huge Switch guy, but coming into 2018, I got to be real with y'all. Not that I was losing confidence. I just wasn't happy. I was, almost felt like they were sitting on their loyal lures, you know, of, yo, we got Smash. We've had Pokemon at the end of the year. So to me, it almost felt like a theoretically they were coasting. Not that they didn't have any games. They had a lot of. Indie- you felt finessed? 
<laughs> low key, low key, because they had such a tremendous first year, and it almost felt like it was banger after banger every other month. Whether it was a new IP, whether it was Platoon, whether it was Arms, it was something consistent. And I, I, I love that launch of 2017, but 2018, I just felt was very slow as far as the big titles, and it was just way too indie dominant. Well, let, let me just jump in real quick. Oh, let's go. Come on. Come on, let's go. So, I mean, it, you say it, the first year was all bangers, and you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And that's the issue. Like, all their development teams are working on those games. They finished those games, and now it's like, all right, next year, what are they doing? Well, they're, they're making more games, but, they can't, you know, they're obviously not going to be able to hit 2018 because mm-hmm. they just finished those other big games. So You're correct. You know, I think that's correct. really the main thing is they just – they put they put so much so much getting all of that stuff out in year one on the switch yes. that they kind of ran dry yeah so like all the other projects are building up behind the scenes mm-hmm. that's why we're seeing a lot of ports as well and yes this direct i think was kind of a hint at some of the stuff to come yes. i think i'm sure there's still plenty more i mean what yes. what are the mario odyssey and breath of the wild guys doing like who knows but it, yeah. we probably yeah. won't see it for another two or three years but i doubt we'll see another zelda for the whole generation I, I think oh, they're, sure. they're working yeah. on the, the 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 real system the 3ds um and i, <laughs> I think shut up. i think we're gonna see those games come out for the 3ds no. yes <laughs> shout out the 3ds let me finish but no 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 you are correct and, and maybe maybe yeah. i am just a bit greedy because like you said they all they, the 2017 was so great the ball was set so high and like you said now those teams may be working on other things and again it wasn't an awful year and make no mistake financially they're still doing fine <laughs> you know mp they, they are still doing great oh, yeah. you know, octopath traveler you know that I one they 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 doing so well. It's just like I said. I just selfishly felt okay. I want I want more. Like I, I want that taste that I had before. Oh, me too. Yeah, you know they all do. <laughs> Absolutely. So now twenty when this direct come and and King King's accurate with the E three direct. I was expecting bigger things. Yeah, me too. I was disappointed because it to me it felt too Smash focused and it almost felt like hey man, you guys can save some of this stuff. For later, like you don't have to give us all this <laughs> you know. So now with this direct, let's bring it all in to this direct. I can't find this gave me renewed confidence, and it just showed that not only do is the future bright, you know, we still have stuff coming this year. I love the Warframe announcement. I thought that was cool. I thought the Diablo announcement was cool. Civilization was a, a big get. Obviously, the Luigi game. Obviously, you know the um, what you call it? The um, what's the other big one? The um, Animal Crossing. So it's just like, and I ain't gonna lie, I had low expectation for the online. I still do. I still hate the fact that there's no dedicated voice chat, even though yeah, hardware yeah, wise, sure. we yeah, know so- they can do it, Lord Linderman. We know that. We hard- don't know that they can do you it. You know what's you know what's funny? <laughs> Tell me, no, we you could do this. But thank yeah. you, Lord Linderman. Preach but, the gospel. You know what's the gospel. <laughs> I want to say this, right? I want to say, hold on one second, Attic, because I have allowed this stuff to go on for as long as I have allowed it to go on, and it keeps rubbing it in my nose. So I just want to say this, right? Um, At what point in time does potential Mm -hmm. turn into waste, right? right. So they they have a ton of potential, and they could potentially do it, but they're potentially not going to get it done. And they could potentially... I'm tired of hearing the potential part of you brought the headset. Do you remember? I just want to take you back to your initial purchase. Yes, I want it you, worked, you know when what? I, I told used it you for Fortnite. Finally. Yeah, you used it for Fortnite with your cell phone? 
Yeah, no, no, no. With that, oh, with the actual system, you did a workaround in front of me. Every IOP that I'm right. like, why did you buy this stupid headset? You know, the switch is not going to support that. I'm right. telling you, and you were correct <laughs> until finally. I got a chance to use it because this is a game that supports natural voice chat with the headset. And it's oh, <laughs> and it's the game that platform. the game that you don't really like. But listen yeah, here, I, I, I listen. I must say this, right? You held on to your guns, and they finally gave you one game to use your sixty dollars headset on. God bless you. <laughs> I, can't, I can't come back from that. He's got me. He's got me. Yeah, listen. I, I I expect more. I demand more. Where's Netflix on this little thing? Preach. I'm really Preach. upset Preach. with the fact that I told you guys. I saw the tea leaves and. Nintendo hand must be forced. They must be thrown down the well in order to climb out. And right now, they are not nowhere near the well. They are <laughs> winning. And that's how I lost that bet. You know why? Because I can't understand how they're winning. I really can't understand it. And I can't get a grasp on it because I don't. They're doing everything that you're supposed to fail. If, yeah. so, if any one of these systems told you, if Microsoft or Sony told you, oh, we're going to launch online. It's gonna be twenty dollars. There's no voice chat. It is Today. a app. And <laughs> you you say, Oh, I'm not buying that. I'm not a part of that. You guys actually said yes. And what made it worse is they said, Listen, you can purchase uh, this online stuff with us because after this day you can't change your name. You're locked in. <laughs> and you, you said, All right. And they said, Listen, also, whatever games you did save there, if you miss a payment, they're dead, <laughs> they're white, they're gone. And you said, okay, for life. Um, And they're still winning. Listen. So I, I have no excuses. I have no words for you guys. You guys are, this is a cult. It's a cult now. It's a cult. Let me see if I can just a little bit of that. Like, basically, basically, yeah. yeah. Get I, I hear you talking. Yeah, matter of fact, get it, get it, Attic. I'll let you, I'll let you talk. Okay. No, no, I mean, you go. Just one of the one of those quick points on there is you know stuff like uh, missing services like Netflix and such. It's like you really need Netflix on the Switch. I mean, you probably yes. got it on the TV, on the Xbox, mm-hmm. got it on your phone. Yeah, like, nice, you know, I mean, it's like nice. screen, I want to watch Digital Foundry. I want my YouTube. I want Digital Foundry on my Switch. <laughs> plug, All right, plug, I, can, plug, I can't plug, argue with that. Plug, plug. <laughs> Listen, I, I hear you, and and it is like what King said. It is astounding that certain basic console features that should be there at i mean even the vita had party chat and you know a dedicated service in reference to that and that's older hardware in their previous iteration with the Wii. Dude, you, you want to go beyond that i just did that that video on the 360 conference mm-hmm. like microsoft was doing this stuff yes. in 2005 it just it like to be fair man you can't even send messages to your friends messages like, what's funny is, is a glorified I'm, stalker list Let's i am going. so I am so used to modern technology. Like when I when I play my Switch and like something pops up, oh Lord Cognito's on. Like I expect when I click his name, it goes to his profile. Yeah. You click his name, it's just like, what are you trying to do? This ain't like, <laughs> just says that Lord Cognito, you know, played Zelda for eight hours. <laughs> that's yeah, that's pretty much all it's for is to let you know what your friends might be doing. Glorified stalker list. But I will say this. Again, it, with all the snafus of you know things that should be obviously handled, I have to say the NES online games kind of impressed me though. 
I, I like I got my I got my pro wrestling. I got but the, the classic ninja gate in there. And then they had the um I believe they also had a um this wasn't on NES online, but the Capcom beat em up pack was announced. And then obviously, you know, Final Fantasy, which is Addict's Heart. I thought yeah. that was huge. Was and, and the final point I will say is that <laughs> for the direct itself, I really, really feel this is not a shout out my guys, you know, I love Xbox, but Inside Xbox really needs to take a cue from these guys because again, it was short, it was concise, information packed, and at the very end, a nice little tribute, a nice little fake out, a nice little a one more thing moment. They did Nintendo the king yeah, of that, I, and Sony got, does that very well too. Where it just hey, um, I knew they had something when they opened up with Luigi's Mansion. I knew they had something. Yeah, that's a question. Mm-hmm. Um, the Kool Aid that y'all drinking is it oh um grape or is it? <laughs> The strawberry because oh I'm sitting here drinking berry and it don't taste as good as yours, I guess, because y'all are all the way in. <laughs> I just thought that as a show, in what is it, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, what they just pack up. Nah, I, I like I like boom, 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 boom. Information, information, nice surprise, nice fan service. But I'm done renting. Lord Linderman, floor is yours. What did you think about the direct? What stood out to you in your impression? Oh, I mean, I already said Luigi's Mansion 3, so that's kind of up there. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, it's it's great to see more stuff kind of in the works from Nintendo, and I, you know, I'm i happy that we actually got that stuff after the E3 Direct, which was just Smash. Yes. Uh, the Smash know, E3. I'm a little disappointed that we didn't get a look at Metroid. Yeah. And we didn't get to see what I some whatever Retro Studios is working on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, you know, tropical freeze which was a port came out recently on the switch but i really i you know they have to be working on something we've heard those rumors about the star fox racing game and yeah. i mean that sounds weird but i'm absolutely willing to see what it becomes it's a fascinating thing so at this uh, point we're willing to do anything to play something on the switch just hate for no reason <laughs> it's, it's not it's not, not it's no not reason, reason. there's a reason part. Well, this reason. is a reason. Like, if you see the, your people going down a rabbit is, hole, you got to tell them don't go, no, and y'all the, are going. The thing is that <laughs> you two in particular do not see the Switch for what it really is. Yes, they want they want to market it to you as Wait. a home console. It doesn't matter because they market you as a console. It, it doesn't matter, though. They market you as a console. I don't play it that way at all. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't out, matter how you play it. They market it as a console. Time out, time so, out, time out. So you, gonna, said, you just so said we don't see what we see with our two eyes? No, this you, is what you just choose said? to play it. You don't choose to play it. I, am I going to come home and put my Switch in the dock and play that above my X on my PS4 right. 90% of the time? No, no, I'm not. And That's you guys you don't play it on the go. On the go. So the fact that you guys don't utilize it in the form that it has oh, the advantage of, I, that's listen, y'all problem. I, <laughs> that's no, I exactly. hate that. That is a I'm you not problem. Even you about problem. The, I'm not talking about, I've never, I've never attacked the fact that it, it's a dual system. I actually champion that. All right. Mm-hmm. I actually think that's a great thing because remember, I have my NVIDIA shield. I, I was, I was the oh, guy yeah. running around with the shield. <laughs> all right. And every iteration that it popped up, I purchased. So when I noticed the chipset was inside the switch, I said, "Man, they on it. That they, they, they their cloud situation is going to be fantastic." I told you, mm-hmm. Nvidia was doing great things with the cloud. Yes. That I think it can transport right over or, or port over to the switch in a way. When I played the Resident Evil, I was like, "Oh, it looks like PlayStation type graphics. It's it's really good." Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm with this part, right? Mm-hmm. But then when you tell me we giveth and we taketh away. <laughs> 
<laughs> like I'm not about to take us away part. Like what stop taking everything away. So well, the sound that I okay. Just somebody in the chat just said, "Is a text me system." Like it's <laughs> like you 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 hop on, you see your boy, you can't jump in and say, "Hey, what's going on?" Right. No, you text him. I'm on. Once like, again, once again, you got you guys care. I don't care that I don't. I don't need to know what you're doing what, all the time. I, 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 you always come at me that, on that, the road, and you're doing the whole thing right now. I don't. The thing I is, didn't even think this would go this long. I really attacking. honestly tried to shut up, and I really thought we was gonna be. I see my type, my topic is viability not of the machine. <laughs> You're attacking the viability of the machine because of how you choose to engage with it. No, but, I, but the exact reason on the other side is how you choose to engage it. True. <laughs> True. But that's how. If you, I would say this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a blanket statement here. I would say. Most people that 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 are re especially older gamers that are into the switch big time, it's for why that are you reason. avoiding my time? Why are you avoiding my 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 problems with it? My problem is not what you're trying to say. You're trying to to, to no give avoiding. me fake news. There's what no I'm trying to say is they There's... told you recently uh -huh. the other day uh -huh. if you cancel our subscription, it saves us dead. <laughs> they told you at this certain day you can no longer get rid of your name off of this switch. It's it's bonded to you. Mm. Like it's so okay. if you, you if you cancel so Xbox Live by a console either that the Xbox uh, Live the or your games are gold gone. Yeah, let it shoot If you cancel Xbox Live, your games are gold gone. Very true. Okay. Then it wasn't yours to begin with. <laughs> uh. <laughs> like, this, this, you're talking about saves compared to games that they lend you for oh, purchasing this, this, and uh, I'm not defending this, this, them, but I'm just saying, but I'm just saying, like you just defended right there. That was that was the whole thing that you just whole did. Thing. You just showed me that <laughs> I mess with Microsoft, and if I stop doing this, this goes away. You're right. Your thing uh, is, that's a defense. You, you just want them to be Microsoft. No. Uh, you, okay. Okay. Here, here's yeah, the thing about this. This, this, is, this is this is the big problem with the Switch in terms of that's very specific area, and it's the save system. Mm -hmm. uh, essentially, users have no way to keep their saves. There's no way to copy it to USB. There's no way to back this up, and everything is tied to that specific system. Yeah. Problem. That's the big problem still with the Switch is everything is limited or set up kind of per system, right? So mm -hmm. uh, I have two switches here because one of them is modded for portable capture. So mm -hmm. if I own a game uh, digitally, which I don't have that many digital games in Switch, but I wanted to use that account on the other Switch, mm -hmm. can't do it without like basically turning one of them from the primary to the secondary and that kind of stuff. It's a huge pain in the ass. So all of that stuff is backwards and it's it needs to be fixed. I'm not sure it will be, but it does. But... Mm -hmm. I think the reason the Switch is appealing still to me and a lot of others is that it's kind of feels like old school console gaming in a way. <laughs> like it's almost it, it that comes with some some negatives and positives, obviously. But this is just like I mostly buy Switch games on their little cards, and it's mm -hmm. very old school. You pop the card in the system. Mm -hmm. The menu is as simple as like the Dreamcast menu. It's just mm -hmm. a few icons. It's very, very fast. Very minimalistic. Mm -hmm. Super minimalistic. It's all about slamming that card in your system <laughs> and you play the game. And 
it's it's a different thing i i right. wouldn't say i want all systems to be this way but i appreciate that this one specifically is like that and you know mm -hmm. a lot of the extra functions like the multiplayer stuff like that's not really that important to me on the switch because that's mm -hmm. not where i'd want to be playing those types of games anyway right right so it's like right. if it doesn't have it it's like whatever it's like mm -hmm. I, it doesn't matter to me for that system mm -hmm. like, hey, let, let me let me double down on that here's yeah. the thing I think where the disconnect happens between me and Solve and and uh, King and Addict is that the reason again, besides the portability, you know, the way I look at it, like I love the Vita, right? I thought the Vita was really something special yeah. because you had almost you know PlayStation quality graphics on the go. And I think with this is that the Nintendo Switch kind of falls in that medium, which is more a little bit more powerful than the 360 and the PS3. But obviously not fully capable to handle all the PS4 and Xbox One stuff. Right. To me, that's great. I loved my 360. I, I, it's great when I see those games on, the, on that platform because I'm having that kind of power and fidelity on in in, in a portable situation. I, I think it's amazing. But mm -hmm. I understand. But don't get me wrong. I do understand what they're talking about and where talk, King's talking about like the giveth and the takeaway and the basic features. Like Attic and King, they are big on that, and I get that. Like for me, not to have those features on the friend list especially it's, when they're on the wii u exactly yeah. and, and don't get us wrong like i i'm with y'all like there's no excuse why those features are not there that's what we affectionately call grandpa nintendo <laughs> we don't understand the decision process it just feels like they're protecting us from ourselves for no reason i don't get it so that's where i do understand what they're saying but it's just it's, I, I get it it's, just, it's what you're looking for in the system if those At type of things are important you are not going to like the switch at the end of the day, like I feel like the reason I bought a switch is entirely different than the reason Sovereign bought a switch. You bought a switch for Zelda. I bought a switch Final Fantasy. for Zelda. That's Final cool. Fantasy. Okay, sure, other stuff came out. I, I tried Mario Odyssey, it wasn't for me. Now I'm going to be playing Luigi's Mansion. It's just N Nintendo's games don't appeal to me like they appeal to Sovereign. Like when it comes to indie games and stuff like that. I'm not waiting two months to play something on the Switch. I'm not going to play it on the Switch because it's portable. Like if it's, it's all my you. Xbox, I'm going to play to it on the Xbox. Okay, absolutely. Right. So let, but all right. Between the reasons I bought it and the reasons you bought it, you played okay. it for that mobility. And, I played and, it to and, play and, Nintendo games. And also to Saw's point, Saw, I'll let you jump in. But right. to Saw's point, the I won't play an indie on Xbox One and PS4. I'm not yep. going to come home and stop playing my AAA experiences. I'm with you on, on that. No but Dan Dora is, So is where, where the indies now are really thriving is Switch. And you notice now they're getting them first. Day and date or first. Day and date or first. So that's where it's perfect. Like those little quick kind of. But those saves, first. though, you just scared me. Mm -hmm. That is Man, the that's the biggest that negative is, right that there for me. That is huge, and that that's is huge. unacceptable. Yeah, and, and you know, I feel the same way. It's unacceptable. Mm -hmm. My thing is this: I, I, I've come to the point where Nintendo, Nintendo doesn't care what oh, you care about. But it's not okay <laughs> to just accept it. You literally just like it's not okay. It's not okay. That's exactly they're, they're that's how you start a statement that you accept what they're doing. I just accepted that they're just them. They, man, if you're a Nintendo fan, you learn to do that. Like, like you've learned to do <laughs> that. that. Yeah, the reason I'm not going to continue banging my head against the wall asking for stuff. When it comes, it comes. If it comes, it comes. Cool. But we do it to Xbox and PlayStation all the time. 
Yeah, but they're the ones that set the standard for that. Xbox in particular. Like Wait, when we started out, when we started, when we started out this let's just move on. We started out yo, we, this, this is the rabbit hole. We are in the rabbit hole, and I'm just gonna agree to disagree. We've been trying to I just I just wanna say I just you've been in that rabbit hole. We have that rope that rope down trying to get you out, and you just won't No, leave them, leave them in the hole. Leave them in the bushes. Leave them in the bushes. You guys don't. I accept it for what it is. You guys want it to be something else. Let's agree to disagree. I love my Twitch. We wanted to do uh, something. I love, we just wanted I love to have basic stuff that's been <laughs> in gaming since 2005. We wanted Look, to be we, focused, we just want to be able yeah, to click a button and message. Let's, let's get let's on. Start topic, a party. Because, yours is quick, but what I want yeah. to get King's next because he waited two weeks. King, the floor is yours. We got to move on. Persistent right. online gaming. All right. Um, I've noticed that I've become something that I despised. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. I despise the collectors. I despise that guy that went inside the store to purchase a game with no hopes in opening up that game <laughs> and putting Uh-oh. that game on the shelf just to say I have a stack. Look at my stack. Uh-huh. And I've become that guy. Mm-hmm. And I, I sat there and I said, at what point in time did this happen? Because I remember purchasing systems for games and playing those games and beating those games with Lord Cognito and Lord Sovereign and Lord Kabatsu and, and, and Lord Sinister. We sat in the house and we did these things. We purchased these games. We ended these games. We saw credits off of every game that we purchased. Every Mario game that came out for Nintendo, Super Nintendo, um, Every Sonic game that came out for Sega, uh, Saturn, uh, Dreamcast, I seen credits. I got to the end. I even uh, played Crazy Taxi to get to an ending. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm trying to say is these persistent online games has changed me. Mm -hmm. I've noticed now that I'm playing Destiny 10 hours a day. Mm -hmm. Or I jump in PUBG four or five hours. I get absolutely nowhere. (laughs) <laughs> you understand? There's no ending to this. There's just more of the same. And tomorrow there'll be a daily. And tomorrow there'll be another strike. Speaking and you'll be daily, helping your friends. Hurry up so I can get my daily. <laughs> you see? Do you understand what I'm saying? But then I also noticed I purchased Spider Man. Yes. And I needed to get to light level 550 to do the raid. But my Spider Man is sitting there in the wrapper. Mm-hmm. I didn't finish God of War because they dropped out uh, Forsaken and uh, PUBG had an update and it was some other game that I was playing persistently online and it has turned me into that guy that I despise, that collector. And then I noticed in my chats, everybody has a stack. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is being that we've turned into these collectors, because I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person. Is it more viable to purchase a game pass or a service of this nature that allows us to play these games uh, that's in there for the $10 a month and save our hard-earned 70 bucks every month uh, or every other week for new games that we can get a chance to play inside Game Pass? Is, 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 is it going this way? Are, are you are you saying that is it better for us to play games consistently throughout years or play one and done games? Well, what I'm saying is, is it better to take that seventy dollars that we're going to pay? Because Microsoft has actually made my choice easy to not purchase another Microsoft game again and just stay on Game Pass because mm-hmm. all of their first party games will be launching in Game Pass first. 
Mm-hmm. So is this the new way that we're going to start consuming games to start eliminating that stack mm-hmm. instead of purchasing games and not getting around to it while in conjunction playing our online persistent games, we have these games available and we can get to them at a later date opposed to plunking down $60 and then in two months it's already $20 come Black Friday. <laughs> and you already wasted money in the beginning. Let's get Lord Letterman on this. What do you feel about that whole? Oh man, that's an interesting one. So for me, I don't really play persistent online games most of the time. I'm not mm-hmm. That's not my thing. So mm-hmm. Uh, although I did play a lot of the original Destiny, but <laughs> you don't have to get on this Destiny too. But, uh, it's okay. The, but, the, uh, the water's flowing <laughs> fine now. The, the, main, <laughs> the the main issue with you bring up the old games, you see the credits on them a lot, and that's yeah. true. I've actually seen the credits on more retro games this year than anything modern mm-hmm. by far. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem for me with modern games is actually that they're too big for their own good. Yeah, too much fat too in them. Long, yeah. Like, oh, we got to make this value for the consumer. So let's yes. make an open world game with a billion side quests and collectible mm-hmm. stuff. And even and they often make it so that the 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 natural narrative flow is ga- gated behind this stuff. Yes, and it feels like like you're not spending your time as wisely as you could like there's you're not seeing all the best stuff of the game instead you're like funneling through very repetitive tasks to take Mm. advantage of this world like open world games you just spend half the time literally running from one end of the map to the other Mm -hmm. and that's not that fun for me (laughs) listen i feel you bro so it's like uh the games have changed in a way so whether you're playing online or you're playing a lot of the big modern games like that's why I do tend to prefer those games that are pretty linear or like mm-hmm. constrained because one, the the experience is generally better throughout in the sense that you're they're more consistently at a high level because right. it's, a, it's a linear thing. And and so every time I sit down and play further, it feels like I'm getting getting more out of it personally. And also I know that you know I can actually reach the end and then move on. Yes. And so that's kind of the type of game I prefer to play more often just for that reason. So I kind of bounce between retro games and those, and those are also the types of games that I like to own. I like to have those on disc or cart because Mm -hmm. those are those types of experiences. I'm going to go back to eventually and and have a good time. I don't care that much about owning like all the Assassin's Creed games on discs because (laughs) I do have plenty because they're so long and I'm never, ever going to replay them. I don't really care about owning a destiny or, or, Mm -hmm. you know, online games on disc because when the servers go off they're dead you yeah you lose you lose the game that's these well, are great uh, yeah i would i do like to collect and i like to own the physical copies of those games that are good enough and concise enough that they're possible to replay in a mm. reasonable amount of time and they're enjoyable to replay it's like you put a movie on your shelf and you go back to that movie every so often and you have a great time enjoying it again and that's those are the types of that's that type you- of game i like on my shelf as well and that's especially true of retro games, which is why I like collecting them a lot. Because <laughs> I mean, you can. You, I like to sit down, you know, have a friend over or something. We like, all right, mm-hmm. what game are we gonna beat today? You just sit down. You pop, you pop a cartridge in or a disc or something, mm-hmm. and you just spend the afternoon blasting through it. And you reach the end, and you had an awesome time. Yeah, an awesome time. It's a that, sense of that is a great thing, and that reminds that reminds me of what I love about games in general is like mastering those concise challenges. It's like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's actually one of the things that that's one of the reasons I think that the Dark Souls series became popular. It's not mm-hmm. just that it's difficult, but it's constrained enough and the challenge is narrow enough where 
you always feel like, all right, I can go back and I can, I can get better at this very specific point. And you feel satisfied with mastering a series yes. of small challenges that come at you one after another, but it's not mm -hmm. so big that you've got like a billion things to do in the world. And that's really satisfying. And that's what makes a lot of classic games great. And that's, you know, so that's the stuff I want to own. And then the stuff you're talking about, like the online persistence stuff, that's a great case for something like Game Pass. Mm -hmm. Those types of games where you know you don't really need it on a disc because you know you're not gonna. It's not a collectible kind of game. Instead, that's the kind of thing where you're gonna connect to a service, you're gonna play it with some friends, and you're gonna have a great time. And the value comes from the memories you have and the fun mm -hmm. times you have while, while playing it with other people and the social mm -hmm. experience and. It's two very different things. And honestly, open world games are often like that too, where I would say, hey, play play that on Game Pass. Mm -hmm. uh, have a blast. And mm -hmm. that's it. Like, you know, one of my favorite experiences this year was actually uh, Sea of Thieves. I know oh! it's got a lot of like, like uh, not too many people seem to have loved it, but yeah, yeah, that, that it, was, uh, it was a really, uh, I liked that it was a very simple kind of game you know what i mean like i didn't uh -huh. feel like i had to worry about a million little things again i keep yep. saying it, but it's like just going out like i th i think the first couple days with that game was one of my favorite experiences this year because mm -hmm. i you know i connected with some friends we're just on voice chat mm -hmm. and even though we would discover the loop of the game is fairly simplistic at the time, mm. we, didn't, we didn't actually know, know what it like, was. What, what do you even yeah, do? Yeah, what were you even doing? So and the communication was necessary to figure things out. Yeah, just that experience of sailing around, encountering other players, like all the mm. things that happened out there. Like it was all very simple stuff, but it was engaging because it was so, it just, it, it felt fun. And I, I really like that type of experience. And mm. that's why I'm not so big into the games where it's just like, you know, you have to, level up and worry about all these little things and all Stop these numbers and stuff. Stop attacking Destiny, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I had had go, go, go. Yeah. I had a great time with Destiny. I was loving you right now. And what I've played in Destiny too, because Bungie knows how to do uh, gunplay. Like that. Thank you. I'm glad. That's Thank you. Out. Like, the Pretty core cool. gameplay loop Thank of you. Destiny is really good. Thank it so really much, is man. good. And there's some amazing level design and visual design. Mm -hmm. They've done an awesome job on that. But for me, it's like with Destiny 2, it's like I played through Destiny 2. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel the need to just keep coming back. Keep I get what people do, but it's like when people finish it real quick, or, you know, I just treated it like a single player game. Really. Yeah. I mean, you I played with campaign and you were good. Yeah. It's like I mm -hmm. beat it. I had an awesome time. I look mm -hmm. back on it fondly, but it's okay. I don't need to keep coming back to it. I mean, I know so you left with your soul intact. You don't understand how, how you are warming Lord Saab's heart right now. Like, <laughs> shout out to DJ Sig in the chat. He said that Lord Saab just got a partner for single, selfish single player experience. <laughs> That's so correct. Injured spirits. His, his spirit is lifted. He's like, yes, I have found a brother, a partner in crime. Understand, I do not need persistent online. I I do not need i want my single player linear experience where you have that sense of accomplishment and you can go back you can replay it and do things better like you don't understand how much you're speaking to him right now so the <laughs> i know you warm right now <laughs> no, definitely i mean for me go to, to the point about like having a stack of games and having that that collection i've 
largely gone digital. I've basically gone completely digital. That said, my digital stack is just as big as what my physical stack would be, if not even more. Like between between Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch, I probably have 700 games. That's Jesus. that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. <laughs> wow. I fully admit that is ridiculous, and uh, I, I don't get to touch you know a small portion of that. That said, my goal is at some point to be able to play at least some of all of those games. You're a virtual collector. That's what I am. I am. I am a virtual hoarder. That is, I collect games, and I will. I, I and I will dedicate time and, and, and like a lot of time to specific games that I know I will, like. I'll finish everything in that game, mm-hmm. and then other ones will probably sit there and touch for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And then when I do touch them, it's not necessarily guaranteed I'm going to really play through them. So that's that. So I do the same thing in the digital realm as I probably would have done physically. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to those persistent online games, yeah, for me, the same thing. I, there's not one of those games that I would probably ever stick to over a, a long period of time, much like 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 John said, like Destiny 2. I played it at launch. I was on at launch pretty much just as much as you guys are at launch. Yeah. And then I no. fell off completely. No, I was on Destiny. I was no. on. You didn't oh, you mean me. oh the original Destiny? No, Destiny Two. Oh it, no, no, you weren't. Yes, I was. You didn't <laughs> see fraud. me. You didn't see me. But oh, I was, you was invisible. <laughs> you was invisible. I was invisible. <laughs> but I, I played a lot of Destiny that first three weeks it was out. I did. Oh no, oh. that's a fraud lie. No. But I was. <laughs> I wasn't. Your light level. You. Your light level did not indicate anything that you're saying, I sir. Playing I mean, I listen, and then when he was, you he was did show up with me, that's all he did. All he did was go and stay in the tower and look at off the ship. I like to stop and smell the roses and look at stuff like I don't I don't play games like they do, especially when it comes look, to like, they got butterflies. I mean, yeah, that's, that's true. I, and I, I get it. That, that is what I do. So for me, no, but you beat Spider-Man and I didn't. So I need to shut up. <laughs> Nobody wants to be on my destiny team. because I'm like, dude, look at this texture over here. Look at that HDR implementation. Like, that's what yeah, I do. Like, that's that's them. Man, so, I think I think the weirdest thing I do real quick here is like uh, you get a game for review and you get the digital code and then cover it. Like games that I really like, I end up just like buying a physical copy and just keep it shrink wrap. Nice. Like like I look over here, it's like oh I got Gears of War four. Yeah, that's Lord King. I played I played the digital version, but I, I kind of wanted to own the game. But like, I go out and like I buy games I already have digitally because. Yes. That I like you know what? I want to have them in a collection. Yes, I call it the so doomsday much. effect. I call it the doomsday effect. I all right, I truly don't. Here. Yeah, I truly don't believe in this online stuff, right? I truly don't because I come from having you know the games. So any game, just like he said, that I truly like, yeah. I purchase the physical copy and I'll leave it there just in case the service or something goes down and something bad happens that I can play the game I love. I so yeah, I, I got you. Well, especially true with Nintendo, by the way, because like you know, you yeah. bought we if you bought all Wii U digital stuff. Oh man, <laughs> God bless you, <laughs> Lud Attic man. What do you feel with the whole persistent online and single player game thing? Where, where you at? What side of the fence? I got problems with persistent online games. That's all I'm willing to say. <laughs> you got problems, with that's all you're willing to say. <laughs> no, no reasoning. Right. Just, it, got problems. He's, he's addicted because <laughs> he just told Pro- you. We need to hurry this up so he oh, can do his daily. Right, you know he's going to yank me yeah. into his daily, right? Solve. I mean, so Attic, we'll, we'll finish this thing off. With uh, with you, the uh, the Xbox uh, announcement. There's a- I just want 
to like, you know, this isn't going to be too long. Uh, I did notice that, you know, let me tell you the, 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 how this went through. I was making a video because I was playing destiny and wasn't on uh, Twitter like crazy. And I watched the Nintendo direct, which I want to point out. Lord Cognito was going to watch it. But he decided not to, cause he's too disappointed mm. with the previous ones. Yes. So I watched this and I was like, yo, they have final fantasy 10. They have all of these great final fantasies coming out, but it's still not on Xbox. What's with that. Mm. So I started making my video. That was pretty much like, this needs to change. This is dumb. Uh-huh. He's like, no, no, it's out. So I want to point out that uh, I think it's a little bit different that they're on that Final Fantasy X and all of them are on mm-hmm. uh, Switch because they have a better relationship with Square because mm-hmm. they used to be primarily on Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But look at Final Fantasy X. It, it's been out on three platforms. Even Steam, never been on on Xbox. Final Fantasy IX has only been on Square uh, on Sony products, but now it's recently went on Steam and now it's on Xbox. So I want to like formally admit that <laughs> Phil Spencer's doing his work when it comes oh, to these games. I'm to save your Xbox only begotten son, Phil. Because <laughs> these are these are games that I truly a hundred percent did not it. think was ever going to come to Xbox. Addict, who did that for you? <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> who did that for you? Final Fantasy X. It was remade for the, uh, for the PS3. It was remade for the PS4. It got released on Steam, never on Xbox. So yeah. it just that, you know, people are like, oh, now this game, now we're, we need Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. I kind of feel like. They should do it. I kind of feel like this was, a, this, whatever agreement was up, I feel yeah. like was neither bought out. Mm-hmm. or it was or the time ran out because i feel like if this game was going to come out on xbox and it was possible it would have came out during the ps4 when that remake was launched what with the uh the final fantasy 10 uh because i i low-key feel like nintendo's responsible for this mm. <laughs> because, no 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 let, let, let me explain like mm-hmm. i feel like nintendo went to the proper channels to make this game possible to come out to multiple platforms and Xbox took that advantage because oh. I feel like Xbox, this game would have final fantasy 10 would have came out for the Xbox during the PS4 uh, when the, when it was relaunched to the PS4 at the Xbox at the same time. There's a reason that the, that the switch and the Xbox both were announced on the same day. Cause I feel like whatever Nintendo did to make that come on the switch, it was used to get on the Xbox too. That's Ooh. interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Interesting theory. Interesting. Yeah, Lord, Lord, let him jump in. Uh, what, what, what did you feel about the announcement with the Final Fantasy series actually hitting Xbox? I mean, honestly, really, not a lot of the those games have hit the platform. And just um, shout out to Lord Santoba in the chat. He said, uh, "Square Enix." Yeah, he says Square Enix seems to have changed their Xbox approach post near Automata. He said they realized there is the market for those games. So, like, just what's your whole feeling about that with Square and, and the Final Fantasy? Oh, games? I, think it's, I think it's awesome that more people can finally play these games. They should. I'm glad that those walls seem to be coming down. Mm-hmm. I'd assume that in the past it was more like Japanese thinking, like okay, yes. what? Like all right, you know, PlayStation Japan, Nintendo Japan, but you know, Xbox has really never taken off there. But maybe they're taking a more global view of things now. I don't even think it was necessarily that because 15 and 13 came out before that remake of 10. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. No, it's kind of a weird situation though. The 10 one, I don't understand, but uh, games like Final Fantasy 7 and 9, though, 
those are weird releases to me because I don't really mm-hmm. think that they work that well on modern displays. Mm-hmm. Like because of the, the super low res back, like you got to play those on a CRT, like right. low res. Like they're yeah. just not, like those backgrounds don't look good. When <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I I think it's really awesome that they're coming, and it's you know, it's a, it's especially funny to see Final Fantasy VII on a Nintendo system on a cartridge since mm. the whole marketing of the game back in the day yeah. was like, it'll never come to you know it's not really yeah. the same thing i understand but it's 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 funny it's it's it cool funny. to see it and i think uh square should absolutely be bringing more of their back catalog to all the systems preach people people are want this stuff and they'd like to re- there's a lot of people that haven't played them maybe people that want to replay them and like limiting it to one platform is just leaving money on the table and that yep. and I always point out that you know Kingdom Hearts 3 is about to come out next year. Yeah. And Square is going to post this on Xbox, Kingdom Hearts 3, but not the previous ones. I do feel like there's a publishing thing there with Sony because that's not even on Nintendo. Uh well Nintendo did have some uh, Kingdom Hearts games on Well the, they have some of them, but they yeah, don't have yes. They they have some of but they don't have a lot of the, the collections on like Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, those have never been on Nintendo platforms. Yeah, right. And those are the ones people really want. Uh, I feel like Square doesn't really have the right to complain about sales on a platform that they didn't release the predecessors of that game on the mm. platform. I don't, I, I don't know about this, but I wonder if any of that has to do with some old licenses. With That's Disney what I was just about to ask. And like right. the number of platforms they're allowed to release. Like mm-hmm. I, Maybe I'm totally off, but there could be something there with the Disney relationship yes. and the specific game contracts and, that might muddy the waters and that's what i was talking about with the final fantasy 10 9 uh, and 7 is those games i feel like had that speculation but when nintendo went about to get it on their platform i feel like they did something to stop that entirely because the question i have though is do we even know that nintendo was responsible for that like it almost that's makes me wonder if, it, if it's just square and it's just square, like, square and well, yeah. where else can I we just, make money yeah I it just, could be yeah. simple as that I Hamido just and like, I talked about this last night, and we were like, "Is it really Microsoft, you know, working hard to get these on their platform, or is it a business move?" But it's look at it from the standpoint that they've released they released the Final Fantasy IX on PlayStation Four. Then, like two months later, they no, it was like four or five months later. Then they released it on uh, Steam. Same thing with the Final Fantasy X has been released on two different platforms before it went to Xbox. And these games aren't coming out anytime soon. They're coming out next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Final Fantasy XII was released on, on PlayStation. And the, I don't think that's on Steam. But my point well, it is, is, is... It is. Uh, so you got these games, and I feel like when it comes to this standpoint, if these games were coming out on Xbox and they were available to, mm-hmm. I feel like they would have. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, it I, I don't know if this this holds any water, but it could also be a development thing. Like, are you going to really put? Like, I don't know how much in terms of resources does it is it going to cost you to develop a remaster of these games simultaneously for all these platforms at once, rather mm-hmm. than focusing on what on one platform first and see how it sells, and then seeing if that if it makes sense for you financially to to put them on the other consoles. I I, I, think I agree. I, it's I like money that's on the table. 
But the fact that Final Fantasy 15, 13, 13, 2, 13, Lightning Returns, all of them came back, all of them. Uh, 13, yeah. It, it seems like they're up until now, there's been something preventing them from coming to other platforms because these games have only been on, on PlayStation and Steam. That's all. Until to be fair, though, there's a lot of these re releases only started happening this gen, right? Like uh, yeah. most of those games kind of stayed to their original platform up mm-hmm. until recently. And then I think Square Enix of today has started to realize the value of re-releasing old games, which right. is something they weren't that into before. I mean, they've done some, but I mean, they were released the Kingdom Hearts uh, collection. Oh, they were released some, the- some Japanese companies uh, know the value of a dollar, like Capcom, and they will release that game on oh, yeah. anything. <laughs> I mean, they brought they brought Final Fantasy VII to every platform Sony said. They just brought Nine back. That I don't mm. think Eight's ever going to come back unless they do some magical stuff. But um, mm. I mean, it, it is what it is. I'm just glad that you know. I think this is a good standpoint for the Xbox as a brand because absolutely uh, in order to I've always said because, you know, uh, people always have that stigma that, you know, these games don't sell well on Xbox because they don't get the good ones of these games. They always get the average ones or bad one of these games like (laughs) these Final Fantasy games like like dragons, uh, Dragon Quest, like we Xbox don't get those. Uh, The good JRPGs that Xbox kids always sells good. A Final Fantasy 15 so good. Monster Hunter so good. Like, but when it comes to the like the middle of the average when they never get them, and they're arguably getting some of the best ones that's ever been made. Yep. Yeah. I'm just thinking we need more Mistwalker. Like Lost Odyssey, especially oh. Lost Odyssey. I honestly I think Microsoft should have bought them. I don't know if they were able to, but yeah, that should have been their yeah. their JRPG company. I just yeah. I just played that I think a month ago. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, I'll jump in real quickly. Finish out. I mean, yeah, this is interesting. I I really don't know. This is this is when I heard the announcement, I was very surprised to see, you know, the Final Fantasy series there on Xbox. I, I thought that was great. You know, I will say this. You know, to King's credit, I know he's big, all big Phil fans here, but um, I will say that at least Microsoft, even if it wasn't, they didn't, if this was a Square deal, I feel lately during the Phil era, especially this last E3, they've made it a point to embrace Japanese games and for them to display on their stage. Like, you know, with the Jump Force and obviously, you know, Devil May Cry and, you know, this Psycho, Shadows Die Twice or whatever it is. Like, there's so many times that that wouldn't happen, you know, and it would only be on the PlayStation stage. So I felt at least they are making strides. And this is a good get, regardless to whoever made the deal happen. (laughs) It's a good get for it to be on the platform. And it's beneficial for Square, you know, Square. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you're getting your product out there to more audiences, more platform, more engagement, you know. So I think it's a good thing at the end of the day. I I like the move. Hope it continues. And just rest in peace. Shout out to Final Fantasy. Hey, I don't know what's going on with that. But uh, I think what day somebody can find it's gonna them. be a while though. Sooner yeah. or later, there's gonna be too much demand that they're like, man, let's just do it. Like, yeah. hopefully, maybe they have to rewrite it. But according to you know, Lord Litterman, there's a lot involved there, and you know, with the old, you know, what you said with the old Japanese, um, what is it, uh, code and stuff like that, maybe it's just hard to retrieve. I, I don't know, it's just, yeah. just tough. I think a lot of it was lost, but source code, yeah. the source code, yep. but anyway, let's end it. New yep, poll yep. this week with all of the recent announcements at the latest Nintendo Direct. How did this affect your outlook on the future of the Nintendo Switch moving forward? <laughs> the answers are A, no effect. Majority of old games and ports and terrible online service display. B, huge effect. 
ton of great games for 2018 and beyond. Future is bright. Or C, I don't care. No more liable support. I stop watching. <laughs> that is the question. Those are the choices. Please rock the ILP button when it goes up on Twitter. Lord John Lenneman, an absolute pleasure to have you in the realm. Even though we kept you extremely long. <laughs> oh, guys, it was it was awesome to talk with you guys. As soon as I heard about super graphics purchases back in the nineties and visiting the He's old like, I'm home. stuff. Like, all right, this is the play. <laughs> I appreciate you to stop by the road. Man, your experience is absolutely tremendous. And I have to, but just like Lord King said, when he was fanboying out, you know, I got a chance to meet you in the flesh. And I fanboyed. I was supposed to be doing a job. I was supposed to be doing coverage. <laughs> and I'm like, right next to me <laughs> to my left is Lord John. I believe it was shout to Lord Sam Tobin. We were out there. I believe it was a Microsoft Frost event. Yeah, but that was and, right. It was the yeah. uh, Xbox One X thing on the stage. Yes, absolutely. It was pretty awesome. I had Los Santos recovering um, uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider at the time. We weren't allowed to take any footage, but you know, right in the periphery, I'm like, wait a minute, this face is familiar. And it's good old Lord John. And so unassuming, no one says anything to I'm like, that is the man right there. <laughs> I was like, I need a picture on site now. And he was so cool. Thank you so much for coming through the realm and sharing your experiences. Digital Foundry, but again, which I said, the pulse of modern gaming culture. You guys do tremendous job. Shout out to the team, yourself, Richard Ledbetter, everyone on the team. We always look forward to the breakdown, the technical analysis, the break, the benchmarks. Fantastic job. Thank you for entering the realm of the Lords. Thanks for having me, guys. It was awesome. Absolutely. And we're going to do our outro. So, uh, Lord, add it. And also, before I actually pass it, where can the fine people find you? And, uh, on social media and as well as what are the next things you have actually cooking up all right so you can find me at dark one x on twitter and of course we're on youtube.com slash digital foundry and at eurogamer.net slash digital foundry that in there and that that (laughs) df retro coming soon we got one Uh, i'm supposed to be doing one on on jay allard right something's coming oh i got i got i got some fun uh df retro stuff in the works uh some long-term projects that i've been working on so hopefully i'll get to them soon okay got some fun presentations happening if you come into i mean if you happen to be in england yes come to ecx (laughs) in birmingham i'll be doing a df retro panel up there uh with uh matt phillips the creator of tanglewood which is a brand new uh sega genesis game whoa brand new crazy He made this the old school way. It's shipped on a cartridge, and uh, wow. he's gracious. I'm, it's awesome. He decided to come on stage with me and actually talk about how he made the game. And I'm going to try to turn that into a video after the fact. So I'm kind of excited about that. That's awesome, Rich. He, wow, that's a tremendous story. I, didn't, I had no idea about this. Definitely looking forward to that. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, the king and lord of retro, my man, John Letterman. What's up? <laughs> yeah. Lord Addict, where can find people find you? What do you have going on? Oh, you can't find me on anything right now. I'm going to jump right back on Destiny. Consistent <laughs> online gaming. <laughs> no, no, that, that that raid mentally destroyed me. I refuse to go in there unless I'm like 50, man. Like, I'm with you. Uh, but you can definitely catch me on Twitter at uh, Lord Addict ILP. Uh, here, I'm going to go ahead and post in the uh, the chat. Uh, this is the Twitter for uh, Lord John Litterman. Definitely go follow him. He's been a great uh, guest. Uh, definitely go do that. And, uh, you know, I once once again, I'd like to uh, thank Lord Lenderman for coming through. Uh, so I'm out. Talk to you guys later. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs>
Lord Sovereign, you finally melt a, I bet a selfish single player experience <laughs> gamer <laughs> like yourself. How does it feel? Waking it five feels five. amazing, amazing, man after my own heart. Absolutely. I just love to like, just sit down and just disappear into a world. That's what I do. Dope. So um, I'm, I'm glad that that oh, is yeah. who really, who really appreciate that. So big shout out and thank you to John Lindemann for coming through really. Um, I love everything you guys do in terms of the, the technical breakdowns of all the modern stuff and especially the DF the, the DF retro stuff. That is my favorite. Fantastic. It speaks to me in a way that like it, it's just it allows me to go back to those old times and, and, and really take deep dives into games that I just loved on the surface. And now I have because of what you do i have more knowledge about these games and it's amazing just keep it up please um, oh man thank you so much <laughs> love that um and you guys can find me online you can find me tweeting <laughs> pictures of spider-man and, um, and and shadow of the tomb raider on twitter at yeah, uh, spider-man i'm yeah. like look who's online look at this yeah. guy he's very he's on social media I, all over the i got game. shadow of the tomb raider stuff coming up too i'll be playing a lot more of that this week good you um, should post that inside the instagram how about that Okay. That is I true. Yeah, thank you. Thank I will you. do that. I will do that. And I mean, <laughs> you can find me online as well. BX Sovereign on Xbox Live and PSN. I may not talk to you, but I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to DJ Sig, who's been all over you to chase it. Oh, yeah, calm, calm down. He never lets up. Lord King, an absolute pleasure. <laughs> what is going on? We're going to find people find you. First and foremost, I would like to say anyone who understands when I say super graphics is a blood (laughs) brother, right? Because I I purchased that system. It cost me like $450, and I purchased it for one game. I purchased it for Ghouls and Ghosts. Oh, my man. It was amazing. (laughs) It was arcade perfect. It was the greatest thing I've ever put on at that point in time for me. The system was huge. It was beautiful, and it said super graphics, and I felt like the biggest person in the world. Dude, so, it was the uh, first mid-generation console upgrade. Yes! <laughs> that is a great point. The super yes, that is a yes. terrible to super graphic. Yes. Mid-generation. Because that refresh. was a real 32-bit system. Because remember <laughs> they had two 16s on top of each other. Well, that was a giant Um but yeah, uh today has been a great day. Um I think I'm gonna talk about this uh show, the the interview more than most, and it's because you you formulate the culture and mm-hmm. maybe you guys didn't know what was happening, when it was happening and how it was happening, but to do something in the manner that you have done it, it shows your excellence mm-hmm. because Everything that you guys touch, in my opinion, is gold. Like Mm -hmm. the DF Retro. When you did that, I said yes. Because I remember going to Susie's, eating, uh, getting a pizza (laughs) to to, to go and and play this Genesis game. And you took the deep dive into that. Mm -hmm. Some guys won't remember that. And some guys are getting this for the first time. But for the people that do go back to that when they purchased the cartridge and they looked at it. He has the time period down and nostalgia to feel. Yeah. Yeah. And you talk about it, and it's 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 something I truly appreciate. I appreciate you, uh, the the whole staff. I appreciate all you guys for everything that you do. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, look at the back of the video when y'all were standing, 
but the stuff that's on the shelf and oh, yeah. i'm still trying to figure out exactly yeah i had that oh yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah i look at the back to see the cause the old retro stuff i'm like yeah i remember that game okay, yes. I that system there okay so, i'm like I, I feel it and I, I do appreciate it and you guys are a pillar in the community and we look to you guys for the unbiased uh true information on stuff so i just keep up the great work and i'm it was a, a pleasure having you on today oh man, um, Thanks, man. i try <laughs> absolutely you loved out here lord Littleman. you loved <laughs> yeah man same here man obviously with that said you... hold on oh, let I'm me sorry, just finish my joint I, yeah I just uh <laughs> for, for you guys i know i went on with my blovating um <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The Facebook community is just uh, postings of what's coming up next. Instagram is uh, insight into what we do. There's not going to be any captions and stuff like that really there. You're just going to see what uh, us as the Lord's do. Please go like and follow and subscribe. Yes. The YouTube channel is where you can actually see these videos and you can get that stuff. Combat Talk is going to be done right after this so you can get my analysis of the results of the fight last night. Nice. Um, and if you didn't see the original combat talk for the preview of the fight you can go you can watch that and you can see how right or wrong the king was going into this all right um we do appreciate everybody sitting in this room you guys are still 44 strong we went up to 80 and that was beautiful um thank you guys for sticking around all the way to the end four hours is crazy yeah it's crazy listen man again i'm not gonna be understood cannot be said that has not already been said but uh, again salute lord gentlemen coming through again apologies for going a little long your stories just sparking the brain and we were just taking us back and we couldn't stop talking <laughs> so boss we really try not to go this long this is like an e3 blowout special right now yeah. but oh uh, yeah dude salute man tremendous stories great great work you guys are doing and again for me you know lord cognito on twitter and again thanks for everyone staying in hit that like subscribe on all the inner circle media network uh, channels and, and links is in the description we'll have all that stuff like kaibatsu will have the timestamps up because it's a long episode so look out for that a little bit later on today shout out to the stream team we're gonna have some announcements with that coming up soon and again like lord king said combat talk is up there on the iron lord podcast channel as well as behind the scenes when we're at the shows we have all that stuff up there e3 packs all that good stuff flashpoint which is our destiny only uh focused podcast that will return this week apologies abantis i had to get ready for the raid so i ditched out on you <laughs> <laughs> we will return i know he's a little salty with me but we will return we will get back on track they start talking that great forsaken talk there's great content in there it's been a great raise good good time to come back to destiny if you are curious and yeah the, the, show, the audio and all that stuff will be up i know we went long everyone kind of enjoy your sunday is there anything else by any lord we will close out all right everybody's good everyone enjoy their sunday peace